Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Ryland, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Ryland Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I think. Crazy! Turner here for another edition and the final edition of Ryland's Morning Sports Report of Season 2. It's Ryland Turner here, and I am joined, uh, as almost always on this program, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I am good. We get to talk about a wild entry into the football canon. Mm-hmm. For those of you who follow the program um, fairly religiously, as fairly religiously as I can post episodes... Uh, you will know that our NFL correspondent is Kyle's younger brother, Christian. Christian, you made it onto season two, you, you, just barely, but you did it. You, 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 you were all over season one. We had certainly talked more about football back then. This has been a busy year, but you made it for an episode in which we are going to recap an entire season of football, a playoff run, and predict a Super Bowl. How are you? I am great, and procrastination is my uh, greatest asset. So, like, uh, I feel like this is going to be a good one for me because I get to recap all the things that I got to watch and learn about and see uh, from the heroic to the harrowing. Uh, We're going to talk about football this 2022-2023 season. Yes, uh, and... As I said, we are going over everything to, that there is to talk about throughout the season because this was our only football edition, or American football. Kyle and I covered soccer plenty. Um, but this is our only American football edition of the sports report of the season. So it's the perfect way to end that season and usher in season three with uh, some auto racing. It's going to be fun. Um, but... With all that being said, guys, let's go through every NFL team that is in the league right now. Let's talk about their season. Christian, because you are the NFL correspondent, and uh, I know this is your team, we are going to start with the Chicago Bears. Christian, let's talk about that Bears season. Um, Lots to talk about. Not much that I want to say. Uh, I'm a diehard Bears fan, and uh, we'll start on the positive notes. Justin Fields looks like a viable option for the future. He played fantastically uh, throughout the season, uh, started off a little bit weaker than you would like to see, but then really found his rhythm mid-season. And honestly, being uh, second all-time in single-season rushing yards for a quarterback, incredible. Uh, He created a law offense by himself. The offense was rolling by, you know, the end of the season. They were putting up decent numbers. And yes, they did lose uh, a lot of their games, almost all of them. Uh, in fact, they started two and one, and then they lost. What is that? Fourteen of the last fifteen games. Uh, thirteen of the last fourteen. 
Sorry, 13 to the last 14. My math's a little bit poor because I'm so distraught over the terrible season that they had. But Fields looked good. He had no weapons for him on the offense. He had nothing uh, resembling a defense by midseason after they traded Quinn and um, uh, their linebacker, Roquan Smith. Um, So, honestly, I don't. I, I understand tanking is a thing that you can do in the NFL quite well, the number one overall pick. Uh, but it was it was that was a positive note seeing Justin Fields really come into his own in his uh, second season, uh, the first under Eberflus and the second in the league uh, after the disaster that was season one with Matt Nagy. Um, the negatives are too many to count. They traded away anything and everything that they had. They picked up Chase Claypool, who is not uh, what I would consider to be a strong number one receiving option. Um, And it looked like uh, they have the number one pick, but what do you do with that? I don't want to see them trade fields. I don't want to see them draft another quarterback. I maybe they trade the pick, but who really knows, but they need about a dozen things to pick up either in the off season or uh, get through the draft. And I just don't see how they're a viable uh, like playoff contender next year. They could do what Jacksonville did this past year, um, possibly potentially with the, the talent that fields brings at quarterback. It's just that it's going to be a struggle. I think for my bears to get off the ground, they don't make some crazy moves this off season. They have a massive amount of cap space. And I understand that. And I'm hoping that free agency is okay to them, but it is very scary to see what disaster awaits poor Justin Fields getting sacked all over the place next season with the cheesecloth offensive line they put out for him this year. Kyle, your thoughts on the Bears? Do you know what the number 254 is? I don't. That is the high watermark for the Chicago Bears in terms of passing yards in a single game this season. They did it against the Green Bay Packers, a game that they lost. Um, That was their only game over 200 yards passing. Although they did have, as I do this quick math, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games where they had 200 yards of rushing plus. Uh, For those wondering at home, the low mark was a game against the Detroit Lions that they got blown out where they had 30 yards of passing. Um, Yeah, it's not a good team, but I will say this. Finding a quarterback that you can conceivably carry forward for the future is always, you know, a good step. Now that your job is to make sure that he doesn't die. And I do think they're probably going to trade that first overall pick simply because there's going to be a King's ransom from some team that is willing to take it. And the good news that the bears have is that you don't need to worry about like, is this pick going to be replacing somebody good? Because really aside from Justin Fields, you could kind of, turn over half the roster and not really worry or think about it so much. So like from, from a building standpoint, in terms of like where you want to be as, as a team, they're at the low point and they might have the worst roster in football. 
Um, it's very, very close uh, with another team we're going to talk about later. But I do think there were enough positives for me to say that, like, was this a, a three-win team? Absolutely. And, that, and they played, you know, like a three-win team. But it feels like things are going to be finally headed in the right direction. And I think for Bears fans who have been kind of used to treading water for quite a while, that is actually a positive step. Fair enough. Kyle, I'm going to start with you on the Cincinnati Bengals. What do I say about the Cincinnati Bengals? I mean, I remember looking up one day and seeing that the Bengals were 9-4, and four, I think, was their record. And just, you know, when did that happen? They it didn't feel like they were that, that team, but they, they really were. They had... They had a very, very good season, um, all in all. Finished 12-4, and four, which is a very impressive record. Ended up making it all the way to the conference championship. In a close loss to Kansas City, which, you know, you can't really feel bad about. Oh, it's a nail-biter. Joe Burrow is absolutely that dude. And that receiving core is probably pound for pound the best one in the league. Like, your number three receiver is Tyler Boyd. You feel pretty good about how things are going. Uh, personal feelings and, you know, whatever it is aside, Joe Mixon is a very, very talented running back. There are, again, there are pieces on defense. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And I think the big thing about this year is that whereas you might have expected a team like the Bengals, who kind of surprised to get to the Super Bowl last year, to have a hangover, they really didn't. I think there there are things they definitely need to work on, but as far as like getting things going goes, um, they're in a good place. Now, is that going to lead me to praise Zach Taylor as a coach? No, but they're still, you know, a, a talented enough team that they can make up for that. I think the one thing with Joe Burrow is he's proving more and more every week that smoking cigars in your locker room is going to make you a superstar. Uh, <laughs> he's bringing that 70s mentality back to football, goddammit. Christian, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Kyle mentioned a Super Bowl hangover. As the Super Bowl hangover that the Bengals had was they started 0-2 this season. Um, and then they just righted the ship. Everything after that, they beat good teams. They won a 10-game win streak including into the playoffs where they beat the Buffalo Bills after that traumatic incident that happened in week 17 um, on their home field. They beat the Bills. Uh, uh, and I know we're going to talk about Bills uh, a little bit later, but uh, thank goodness DeMar Hamlin is okay uh, and healthy. Um, but they, they beat them 27 to 10 in Buffalo like where they the Bills Mafia jumps through tables. They smashed them. It wasn't even a close game. It was a garbage time touchdown that gave the Bills 10 points. It wasn't they were up 14 nothing in the first quarter. It was insane. They they stomped them. Joe Burrow is a bona fide superstar. Like there aren't a lot of guys that come out of, of college where you're like, oh, that's the guy, that's the best guy in college. He's going to be the one of the best in the NFL. And Joe has just surpassed every expectation that I've had of him coming out of LSU. 
Uh, and it's frustrating to watch because that kid just smokes cigars and talks the talk and walks the walk and will beat you down nine ways to Sunday. And it's just impossible to like, he reminds me, and I know that a lot of people make this comparison, but he doesn't remind me of, of Tom Brady in the way that like Tom Brady played. He reminds me in the way that I felt about Tom Brady after like the third Super Bowl. Where it was just like, ah, oh, God, this guy's got to go sometime, please. Like, I don't want to have to keep watching, witnessing his greatness unfold all over any team that I might have to, like, root again for. Because Unless you're know the that, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah, hold up, hold up. We will get to that in a moment. Uh, that was a great game on Sunday. Uh, Burrow did, you know, he did seem like he uh, – he was had uh, in that Chiefs game on Sunday a little bit. He got sacked five times, threw two picks. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that game that was very interesting. But oh, he is also 3-1 and one against the Chiefs. And that's a pretty darn good record to be facing off against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who are still juggernauts. Um, I also want to point out that... If not for um, uh, another fellow LSU receiver, Jamar Chase uh, would maybe be in the conversation for best receiver in the league right now. He had 1,000 yards of receiving in 12 games. But here's a terrifying thought. Joe Burrow in college had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as teammates with Clyde Edward-Hilaire in the backfield. Oh, my God. Like, could could you imagine just how much money – those guys are going to be making, like, what LSU had in terms of talent level, how much money those guys are going to be making in the NFL in two years? Yeah. Joe Burrow's contract is going to be gargantuan. Uh, they, guys, will, they, they will need more than one Brinks truck for Joe Burrow. <laughs> it's the Brinks convoy now. You don't need just the truck. You need the convoy. After Russell uh, – after um... – Russell Wilson, yes, you need the convoy. Um, guys, we, we talked a little bit about them when talking about uh, Cincinnati, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Christian. Um, before any before you know we get into their season, uh, DeMar Hamlin obviously had that horrific incident in, like you said, Week 17. Um, do you think he plays again, and do you think he should? Um, I think that is, that is a thing. I don't know if he plays again. Um, he suffered the same type of cardiac arrest as, um, Chris Pronger did in the NHL. Uh, and Chris Pronger came back to the NHL. Right. It was the same kind of of medical incident where he was hit in the chest at the wrong time in his heartbeat, uh, that stops heart. Um, I think DeMar Hamlin could come back. I don't know. Like, I think that just depends on the mentality of what he wants to do. 24 years old was, was dead for 10 minutes. They, they had to resuscitate him twice. He resuscitated on the field and then at the hospital. Like, he should not be alive, and he's functioning as a person, can still communicate well. There aren't a lot of 
ways that that could have gone as miraculously well as it did. I don't know if he comes back. I, you know, if he wants to, by all means, do it, man. But like, if it were me, I'd, I'd be done. I'd be done. As soon as I woke up, I, he asked, he asked when he woke up, he asked the doctor if they won the game. Right. I think that's a guy that wants to come back, but would I recommend it? Think about it. How would I feel about it? I would, I don't know how I would even be able to come to that thought as a person or even feel settled and okay with him doing it as a fan. But at the same time, it's entirely up to him. If he wants to do it, power to him. I would respect the decision. It's just a very scary thing that happened. And I'm very thankful that he's alive. Let's get into the season that the Bills had. They stayed as consistent as they have been for the last few years, obviously finding that brick wall in Cincinnati. But this is a team that's been on the come up for a while. How do you view their overall season? I think their overall season was truly great marred by some of the weirdest mishaps and silly decisions on the field and a lot of tragedy on and off the field. The DeMar Hamlin thing is one thing. They also uh, had uh, an owner with health troubles. They had a coach. Uh, they had a coach pass away in the off season. They had like a lot of tragedy, tragedy things happen to them, which must have been physically and emotionally draining. And then they just had the most strange, bad things happen to them on the field. So, like, Kansas City got the bye week, and it was a very strange circumstance because of the Week 17 cancellation and things like that. Kansas City gets the bye week. But we also have to remember, Buffalo beat Kansas City in the regular season, and then, what was it, a a few weeks later? Yeah, seven weeks later, they play the Minnesota Vikings, and the only reason they lose that game is because Josh Allen fumbles in his own end zone, and it gets recovered by Minnesota as a defensive touchdown to tie the game, go into overtime? That's insane. Like, you, you just have to hold on to the ball. Run the ball out two yards, and you win. And they they couldn't do it. They also had another, like, they they had a strange loss to the New York Jets early in the season. I know Allen got his elbow hit and stuff like that, but he threw two wild interceptions in that game, including to uh, the guy who has the greatest nickname in the entire NFL, Foss Gardner, um, on the New York Jets, who were, you know, pretty strong at the start of the season and really petered off, but, like, you can't lose a game to the Jets who you had their number and then just played it out of such weird, bad games. So it was like truly great season. They were beating all these teams, doing all this great stuff, playing really, really, really well until they weren't losing to the Dolphins as well early in the season. They lost to the Dolphins with Tua getting a massive concussion. Like you, the, the, those are their, those are their losses like their big losses on the season and they all came against strange opponents at strange times. The, the Miami one, notwithstanding in that, but like you, you gotta, you know, you 
got to pull some of those out, especially that Minnesota game. That gives them the bye week, and they don't have to face Cincinnati in the playoffs if they if they win that Minnesota game where they had the lead going into the end of the game and then just fumble it in their own end zone. Kyle, I'm going to start with you uh, with the same question I started with Christian. DeMar Hamlin, do you think he ever plays again, and should he? Um, I think he probably does simply because, lest we forget, DeMar Hamlin was a very important fixture on this this Buffalo defense, and they did, in fact, miss him while he was gone. Don't forget, he had 91 tackles this year. Like he was, he was a very solid um, safety for them. For have that many as a safety, like he was an impressive cover guy, and and you know they could have used that kind of coverage um, in that Bengals game. I'm not saying it turns the game around, but I'm saying you know it's it's, it's it was a tough loss, uh, a blow for them, uh, just as a, a football thing, obviously. It's so and to talk about the Buffalo Bills season is really tough. It's tough for me to say because in the regular season, they didn't lose. They only lost three games and they lost them by a combined eight points. But this season was always going to be measured by whether or not they won at all. That's the expectation that that the Buffalo Bills are in. They're in that place where. It is Super Bowl or bust, and so they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it's, you know, the game was kind of a bust ultimately, or the season was kind of a bust ultimately, which, you know, I don't want to say that they had a bad season. They certainly didn't, but it is sort of the expectations that they find themselves in. The one thing I will say about, because uh, Josh Allen had a, a very good season, but... Oh, I think they missed Brian Dable. Um, I think he might have been a huge part of being able to uh, work with Josh Allen to scheme things properly so that Josh Allen was uh, putting his best foot forward always. And again, he had a very good season. And, you know, Ken Dorsey has proven himself to be a pretty good offensive coordinator. But I think they might it might end up coming to show that they really miss Brian Dayball. And yeah, we're, we're asking this, a lot of this team to continue to play at this high of a level uh, over and over again. I think they're going to be, you know, strong going forward and I see no reason for them to slow down at all. Though I will say their division is definitely improving, moving in the right direction. So it's, it's going to be tough for the bills going forward. And the reality is, especially for this franchise that, you know, has the history that they have. They haven't won a championship yet. And they've been to four Super Bowls in, in a row to, to, to get to that place. The reality is that the Bills want a championship, and they're the measuring stick for whether or not the seasons are going to be successful. From here going forward is, did the Bills win it all? So, yeah, it's, I think it is a disappointing season. Christian, or sorry, Kyle, I'm going to start with you on uh, the Denver Broncos. Broncos country, let's Let's ride! <laughs> oh, Russell God. Wilson with his, what, what was he doing on the plane? What was he doing on the plane? High the knees. knee lift? High my, knees. My, my man was oh. doing high knees on the plane. <laughs> um, 
let's how where yeah, how did this season go wrong? Let me count the ways. Um, I think from paid the, him a quarter of a billion dollars from from the moment they lost to the Seattle Seahawks in Week One. I think everyone was a little bit. Oh, I don't know about this. They scored the least points in the league after adding Russell Wilson. Uh, the, a year ago, the 2021 Broncos were not a good offensive team, but they were 23rd. They went significantly down in terms of scoring. Um, and the defense was really good up until the end where who cares at that point? They're getting beat down. So, you know, yeah, the Rams put up 51 on them. Uh, like... I could try to take any positives that you can out of this, and I really can only think of one, and that's Nathaniel Hackett isn't the coach anymore. Um, they hired Sean Payton. If anybody is going to be the person to be able to rescue Russell Wilson, it is Sean Payton and the staff he will no doubt be able to put together. Jerry Judy looks like he's still a very solid, albeit still inconsistent, wide receiver. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. They hired Melvin Gordon for reasons like this was, for the offense at very least, a real bad season. And now you've, like, I mean, my man, my man Justin Simmons had six picks in 12 games. Patrick Sertain looks like the real deal in his rookie season. Like, there was a lot of good things to take from that defense. They had, you know, talent, but it's not going to matter if they can't score, and they just could not score. Christian, the the Denver Broncos, what do you think, man? Uh, Russell Wilson's uh, Broncos country let's ride thing every week for the first, what, 10 weeks of the season – uh, I think he was riding as um, offensive famine of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like it was, it was so bad. That's dark. It was so bad. Like, and I liked Russell Wilson when he was in Seattle and uh, listening to Pete Carroll interview, you know, preseason saying that he didn't think they were, weren't a playoff team. I get where he was coming from now. Like, Wilson fit that system really well, and there was the, you know, let Russ cook kind of thing, and he, he did cook for them, and then he came into a Nathaniel Hackett-led team. Hackett was a bad coach. Let's not get anything wrong here, at least for being, like, an offensive guru. Um, offensive guru. Hackett was a bad coach. Yeah, he was a bad He was a guru for the other team scoring points. Um, but actually not even because their defense was stellar. Like on average, had the Broncos broken 19 points, they would be, they would have had like 11 or 12 wins on the season in every one of their games. They were close except for a couple of them. It was just a terrible season. And I don't understand, like there were, the game against the Colts was sad they had a game against the Niners that was still sad, and I think they won. Like, it was just this dismal, sad, pathetic 
throwing picks or incompletions, not running the ball. Melvin Gordon fumbled five times on the year and lost four of them. Like, you cannot, as a running back in the NFL, and I think three of those fumbles were in the red zone. They, they lost games this season 12-9, 16-9, and 10-9. Like, this team was they were so bad at scoring. It was amazing. It was, it was like, unmistakably horrendous to watch. I remember kind of being excited about the AFC West this season. Um, Broncos bringing in uh, Russell Wilson was like the really the thing that I remember in the offseason being like, oh, oh, this is going to be a good year. Like, I can't wait for those. Um, you know, when, when Patrick Mahomes was in his, his first starting year, those games they had against the Vaughn Miller Broncos – where it was close games every time, 30-27, one-score games, all this crazy stuff happening. The one, the the throw that Mahomes has where he throws it from his left hand to Tyreek Hill to get a first down on a fourth and three, and all these crazy things happening, and the Broncos are playing well, and they couldn't quite get over that. And I was like, maybe this is going to be a good year for them. Maybe they're finally going to pick up where they left off when Peyton Manning left. And, like, they had, you know, they, they're missing some pieces and things like that. And Drew Locke certainly wasn't the person they needed there since Manning left. But, like, this was the – watching Broncos football was some of the worst football I've seen on any level <laughs> watching, like, that's nationally televised. I remember working and being able to watch the TV as I'm, as I'm working – um, and seeing the Colts Broncos game or seeing um, the Niners Broncos game as like these featured presentations of the NFL and it and we're gonna get better XFL games you're gonna get better you're gonna get better div two college football games like I remember my high school football team not having some of the struggles that, that Broncos had and my high school football team went winless in the years that I watched them. It was bad. I'm not saying that the Broncos are as bad as a high school football team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. They're good professionals. They won some games this season. The fact that they gave their first draft pick of this draft, which I think is what, fourth or fifth? To the Seattle it's, Seahawks? It's real high. Who, who have a, a bevy of options there. They might, they might go and get a quarterback. They did. Honestly, they should. Gino played great, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they have, they have the fifth overall pick. The Seattle Seahawks do. The Seahawks have the fifth overall pick from a five and 12 Broncos team. I just, I love, I love that. This AFC West was so hyped up. I really do because it made me kind of respect Patrick Mahomes more. I know we're talking about the Broncos and not the Chiefs right now, but it made me respect Patrick Mahomes more for not being more uh, out with his chest. Like that dude, I know they backed up a whole convoy of Brinks trucks for him too, but I think you need to double his salary. He deserves him. 
he, he need to double his salary after watching the Broncos and the Chargers and the Raiders spend a billion dollars combined in the offseason. In coaching hires and moving around things and free agency and all this stuff where they gave all these contracts out. They spent a billion dollars collectively to beat the Chiefs. And the Broncos got as good as they were, which is 5-12. and 12. The Raiders were almost as bad and should have been worse for most of the season. Or for how yeah, most of the season. We will get to them. And the Chargers, <laughs> yes, we will. the Chargers, we will also get to, and we have too many funny things to say about the Chargers right now, uh, because they have taken uh, my spot for absolute goats, and I don't mean that in the greatest of all time way. Uh, oh, no, absolute goats of the AFC West. There, there is another team that we get to laugh at a little bit more, not in the AFC West, but like, and that is is a point that Christian is making though that like. I will say this, going into the season, the only thing that led me to, to have a little bit of pause, aside from the fact that Nathaniel Hackett hadn't done anything in the league yet, was that like the Chargers were going into the season expected to be a good team. The Chiefs were never going to be a bad team. So there's only so much you can do to get in to the playoffs if you know, you're know you in a division where you've got strong, strong teams. And that doesn't mean don't compete. It just means it's going to be difficult. And, yeah, the Broncos made this season look very hard. That's fair. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to don't mean to cut you off there, Rylan. Uh, I just forgot to mention that um, it is interesting that um, as of tonight, this being uh, the 31st of January. Uh, this of, morning, God damn it! Sorry, as of this morning, this morning, whatever morning it is, uh, <laughs> I apologize. We don't record at a different time than we post. How dare you? Um, but uh, uh, Sean Payton is uh, expected to have the, his rights traded over from the uh, New Orleans Saints to the Denver Broncos for hiring purposes uh, for the next season. So we might see a Sean Payton-led Denver Broncos this upcoming season. Just thought I'd mention that uh, as a closing to this discussion. Yeah, I, I, I did, I did bring up that Payton, Payton's going to be there next year, and I do think, I do think there's going to be improvement because, like, is it a sequel to the Kevin James classic? Oh, like, so can he do it without cheating? So the thing I will say about it is, um, if anybody is going to be able to get the most out of Russell Wilson, it is Sean Payton. Just because you know, Drew, late era Drew Brees and late era Russell Wilson are very similar quarterbacks. That uh, that I will agree with you on. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, Christian, I'm going to start with you with the Cleveland Browns. Yay! <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Like, I want i I have been a a Browns. Um, supporter, not fan, but supporter uh, for for a few years now since they had their defeated season. Um, and then they go out and they hire and fully guarantee a $230 million contract to Deshaun Watson. 
who, if you don't know about Deshaun Watson, maybe don't Google it. Save yourself a lot of sadness and horror at what a person can do. He still got paid. Yeah, he got paid. And he is a bad dude. And then the Cleveland Browns went in with Jacoby Brissett during Watson's suspension. Um, and they were okay. Like, this season, they weren't good. Watson came back and looked terrible because he hadn't played in 700 days or whatever it is, 500 days. Uh, and I want, you know, there are some controversial players on the Browns. Uh, I, I I hope everybody remembers the Miles Garrett helmet-swinging incident against uh, Mason Rudolph. I like Miles Garrett as a uh, the way that he speaks, the way that he's talked about the incident, things like that. I want him to be successful. The Browns have been a, a team that I've enjoyed watching. They feel fun. They feel like when the Cleveland Browns are playing well, it feels like the NFL in its right space because it's they're the underdogs perpetually because they've been bad for so long. And I enjoyed when Baker Mayfield was there, and I was kind of sad when he got booted. And I want the Browns to be successful, but this year they were just kind of the only highlight that I had from the Cleveland Browns. And this does go back to something that I said during our Joe Burrow talk is that, boy, was it satisfying when Tom Brady fell to the Browns. I just really enjoyed that Jacoby Brissett taking one on Tom in overtime that that made me happy on the inside but aside from that they were just kind of forgettable this season Kyle you have a lot to say about the Cleveland Browns <laughs> I imagine you're very excited so I'm gonna give you the floor or have at it man um we get to talk about today uh, I think three teams we're gonna talk about today where we get to say that they are frauds. And they have been frauds, and they remain frauds, one of which made the playoffs, by the way. But oh, I'm excited to find that one out. Um, all, all, of them, all of them in the AFC, interestingly enough. That's not to say there aren't frauds in the NFC, but uh, there's only... Actually, there's... Sorry, one in the NFC. Um, the, that was a fraud. <laughs> uh, we'll get to them. But the Cleveland Browns... Like, this is a rebuilding season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they managed to put together a, a winning season. The Cleveland Browns have some really talented players. Um, Nick, Nick Chubb is a beast of a running back. Amari Cooper still has some drop problems, but he's still like a like a talented receiver. Grant Delpit looks like a very, very good safety. Uh, Miles Garrett obviously had a monster season. Denzel Ward is still, you know, a very, very solid corner on this defense. They've got they've got players in the right places, but Jacoby Brissett looked significantly better than than Deshaun Watson. And that's not a good sign based on what they paid Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, this team was just kind of bad all year and never really put it together. And we're going to keep, you know, pumping their tires for some reason. I don't, they're just kind of eh. And 
the big problem I, that you're going to run into, I think people are going to be very hyped for them just because Watson's going to have a full off season. But are we sure this team is going to be any good? Because they're in an AFC North that, like, you know, I don't know if Pittsburgh is necessarily going to get worse over the course of this this upcoming year. Um, the Baltimore Ravens sort of depend. They're, we're going to get to them later. They're, they're very much depending on what they do type of team. But the Cincinnati Bengals look like they're for real and sticking around for a while. And, you know, that's six, seven, six hard games you got to deal with every season on top of, you know, everything else that they've had to deal with. Like, I... I don't know if Cleveland is in a position where they're going to be able to dig themselves out of this hole anytime soon. And, yeah, I don't really feel bad about that because they kind of, very much this season, they did it to themselves. And, I don't know, we were high on them because they, you know, they made the playoffs, they beat Pittsburgh, things were looking up uh, a couple years ago, and now it just feels like, we're spinning our heels with what they've got. And Stefanski's going to be going into his fourth season next year, and the team has had a worse record every year he's coached it. So, like, it's do or die time, bud. You better figure it out because, boy, this team doesn't look like they're getting in. They're going anywhere anytime soon. All right. Uh, Christian, I'm going to start – or, sorry, Kyle – Jeez, I'm going to start with you on the Carolina Panthers. What's the talk about with the Carolina Panthers? Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's much. I really don't know if there's much. This team, so they fired their coach, which was the right decision. Steve Wilkes kind of like made them look somewhat competitive. They cycled through some hilarious he's-still-in-the-league candidates at quarterback. Um, none of whom was particularly old, by the way. It's just sort of like surprising that we're getting uh, PJ Walker starting five games this season. Um, there's a couple pieces that look okay. They traded away Christian McCaffrey, obviously, which you know he he's in a better place now. But the same problems that have always plagued the the Panthers are still there. There's still concerns about receiving. DJ Moore look, looks like he's a good receiver, but they've got nobody else with him there. They need to figure out with a running back. I think the Deonta Freeman slash Chuba Hubbard are okay. I think Chuba should get more touches next season, but that's just me. This defense is, man, like Luke Keekley walked out of that team how many years ago now? And they feel like they haven't had an identity since that happened. And that's not good. Uh, he was so he retired at the end of the 2019 season. And yeah, that team feels like they're not going in the right direction. I I don't know if Steve Wilkes is going to stick. No, I think they, they're hiring a new coach now. They hired Frank Reich. Oh, good lord! Um, <laughs> I think Frank Reich's an okay coach, but like, yeah, it's just like, and the problem is they're not bad enough that they're looking at like a very, very high pick. They're looking at nine, 
They might be a candidate where you might see them try to take a swing at that Chicago Bears pick just because they could really use something to get those fans excited. And I don't know. I just, it just feels like I don't think they're just an awful, awful team, but I don't really have anything good to say about them either. And that's not a great place to be as a franchise. They're, they don't have a quarterback to go forward with. They need pieces all over the place. Like, yeah, I, I think, you know, C.J. Henderson looks like he's kind of pretty good as a corner. Brian Burns had 12 and a half sacks. That's a good season. But, like, yeah, this team needs work. Christian, the Panthers. I kind of have the same thing to say about the Panthers as Kyle did. Like, not exactly, not on the, you know, the, their their defense was, was good against the run this year. For the most part, they got trounced by the Cowboys early on in the season, but they didn't give up, like, a ton of rushing yards overall, or they didn't play badly against the run unless they were getting absolutely gashed in games. Um, Frank Reich, I think, is a fine choice to be a head coach. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that hire. They have holes. Like, as much as I'm worried about the Bears, I think that the Panthers played well above and beyond what their roster gives you. Like, yeah. Sam Darnold ain't no good starting cube. They let Baker Mayfield go, who I think is better than Sam Darnold, but he was sure playing worse in Carolina. Um, and who's their, who's their guy that they had when, what's his name? PJ Walker? PJ Walker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they had Jacob Eason out here throwing passes this season. Like, I didn't think that guy was going to be a pro. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying is that they have, they have no real quarterback to speak of. They have one receiver who's like maybe a number one. I their defense is good, like ish fun. For the most part, the pass defense was a little bit suspect at game on games. Their run defense on at different times was a little bit suspect. Like they were fine. But I don't think I think they played well above and beyond where their roster talent is, and they were still seven and ten, six and eleven. Seven and ten, yeah. Seven and ten. Sorry, I'm just looking at that right now. Yeah, they were still seven and ten. It's just it's like the rest of the division. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a sad division. Uh, but like they were seven and ten, and you're playing like head and shoulders above where you should be in terms of talent level on your roster, just according to the stats. And that's fine, good for you guys. But I don't think Frank Reich fixes that. About a hundred million dollars in expenditure and some really good drafting fixes that. And yeah, they draft ninth, and they don't have more than one first-round pick. I don't really know where else they go from here. Like, I think that 7-10 and 10 might be their record for the next few years. Christian, I'm going to jump right in uh, with you and talk about the New England Patriots. And the, the question I'm going to pose to you about the Patriots is, is it time to move on from Belichick? No, no, I'm not. Like, we'll talk about the Patriots a little bit more in a second. Bill is still Bill. I can't, I can't say anything like that you need to move on from Belichick because the Pats 
I mean, maybe, like, I don't think Belichick is a great M. I think that he got by a lot on on um, having some real stud players and then uh, a lot of fear factor uh, with, like, Tom Brady and when uh, Wes Welker was there or Danny Amendola, like, those kinds of guys who were playing of and beyond what they should be, and they would have a good running back or a good run game. And then the year where Cam Newton was the starter, it was really showed that that didn't work anymore and he needed to change his style of play and stuff like that. But they just don't have the roster now, I don't think. I think Mac Jones was elevated well uh, by his rookie season. He, he played well. Uh, and did what he was supposed to do, which was hand the ball off a lot and sometimes throw it, check it down and stuff like that. I don't think that he's a special quarterback. I don't think he's as hyped, or I think he's way overhyped. I think he's pretty overrated, to be honest. Um, and uh, sometimes uh, just having watched the end of, of the the Raiders um, Raiders-Patriots game, where we had the fiasco that was Chandler Jones just facepalming, as Kyle put it earlier before we were recording, facepalming Mac Jones into the ground, like the stiff arm of stiff arms, just bowled him over to end that game. Like, that's the kind of, you don't expect that from the Patriots. That's the kind of stuff that was very shocking to see a Belichick coach team have that. I don't think that he needs to step down. I don't think he's wrong in the way that he calls games or coaches or things like that. I know they just hired an offensive coordinator for the first time in a decade, but like, I think Belichick's still a fine coach. I think that he's at the end of his career. I don't think he's going to be making it to more Super Bowls, but like, I think he's still a good coach because he still teaches those guys in a way and like makes them work play as a team. Again, their roster didn't seem great to me this year. Uh, and they had it's like Matthew Judon, who was, should have been a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, but they still played games. They won games. They went eight and nine. Like they weren't great, but they weren't terrible. Um, I just think that they need to be reconstructed a little bit, have a little bit more speed, a little bit more star power. And they might be a, a deep playoff contender. Kyle, the Patriots. New England Patriots were not because like, I'm a, I'm I obviously had my again my jokes and I, we'll we'll talk about this when we get to the, the Raiders like we're gonna talk about that that Raiders victory but and what that covered up the New England Patriots are an awful team um, I do think there's a lot of things they're doing that are things that make me feel like they might be moving in the right direction like in terms of defense they were ninth in net yards per attempt uh net passing yards per attempt uh and sixth in yards per attempt rushing um they ended up getting scored on a little bit but they're still 11th in terms of defense in terms of scoring defense they scored more points than they gave up which is always a, a pretty good sign and the two games he played, Bailey Zappi or started. Bailey Zappi looked like he was going. He might be like a decent quarterback if they decide to go back to that direction. I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. I just don't think he's a particularly good one. Quietly, um, 
uh, Ramondre Stevenson had a thousand yards rushing and five yards per attempt. Like, the, there's things to take away from this season that were positive. Jacoby Myers looks like he's going to be like a perfectly solid Patriots receiver, which is, you know, kind of the best you can hope for since Randy Moss. But like, let's be honest, their offensive, um, basically the, the two-headed hydra of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia did not go well, to say the very least. I like it's a really sad day when you've got to have Patriots fans out here excited for the hiring of Bill O'Brien. But here we are and yeah, I don't even with like you know, you could make the argument about Bill to Belichick or whatever. I don't think they're in a place where they should feel panicky. Uh, they've got the 14th pick, which is a perfectly good one if they can actually draft well to address, you know, a, a, a pretty get a pretty solid guy you can plug in on that team. Like, there's positives to take from this New England Patriots season is what I'm saying, and I do think they're moving in a direction where I think they – I don't think they're going to, like, contend anytime soon, but they're going to be a problem for, for some teams – uh, in the coming, in the future. Do they have to figure out what is going on with that quarterback situation? Yes, of course they do. And they really did beat on uh, some bad competition this year. Their best win uh, of the season was against the Miami Dolphins. So, like, you know, this isn't, we're not in a, an amazing place in terms of how things are going for the Patriots, but I don't think they're, they're awful, and I do think there's some a lot of positives to take from the season. Kyle, I'm going to start with you with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but before you get into the season that they had, Tom Brady gave up a wife, his children, uh, all for this season that he had. Uh, so is it time for him to retire? No. This is, so here's the thing about it. He already, like... Here's the thing about it. He already gave up the wife. He already gave up the life at home. He already gave, like, at this point for Tom Brady, and he threw 733 passes this season, which is just far too many. Um, there's nothing, like, is there that much left to lose at this point for him? Which is... And, and, you know, it's football, so the answer is always yes. But, like, I think that this is going to be hard for me to say. I don't know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are as bad a team as they were, as they played this year. Um, like, I think I think a lot of people sort of played down to where like to a lower level than they than they really are. I think the Julio Jones experiment did not go particularly well. Uh Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were both thousand yard receivers, but I do think like they those were uh somewhat again, Brady threw a lot this year. Um he had almost forty seven hundred yards and I don't think we could say that he necessarily had a great season, but like But uh, what, forty five? Yeah, like, I, I, and I and the, the reality is I don't know that he's going to be their quarterback next season. 
I this is I'm disappointed for Todd Bowles because that did, this season didn't go particularly well, and I do think Byron Leftwich's uh, uh, stock got hurt by this season as well. But like, there's pieces here. It's just they didn't play particularly well, and the reality is that if Tom Brady isn't taking this team over the hump, especially given how bad of competition they they had to play this year uh, in this division. Kyle Trask is certainly not going to pull that off. So we're in a place with, with the Buccaneers that it's possible they run it back. They made the playoffs. And like we're, what we're going to talk about later is the reality is, I don't know that this division is any better to the point where I think the Buccaneers have got to be a pretty significant favorite to win the division again next year, which is saying something. Um, uh, yeah, I like. I don't know what to say beyond you know, beyond that. This is just it was not a good season, and I do think there's a lot of things that you can take that are you know negatives and very worrying uh, things for the future. And Tom Brady again. There's gonna come a time where he go like he had some games this this year where you just sort of looked up and were like, "What is going on?" But yeah, I don't know. They're and they got molly whopped by by Dallas, which is not a great. I, I watching Tom Brady on the bench this season was one of the most entertaining parts about football this season. Um, but I will before I move on to Christian. Um, where does he fit in if he's not going to play for the Bucks next year? I. Where does he fit in, or where will he go? <laughs> Those are two different answer questions. Both. Answer, answer both. Answer both. Where does he fit in? Like, the reality is, where does he fit in is a place like, uh, like, she, I'm almost scared to say, he fits in in Houston. Because they have no expectations and like it can't really go any worse, or even a team like Washington, where it's like, yeah, you know what, we might as well. We've tried everything else and it's not working. Let's just you know throw a hail mary. Where is he going to end up? <laughs> I have this horrible sinking feeling that he will be the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback next year, and. Everything about that makes me makes me just watching him get, you know, laid out by Patrick Mahomes twice a year is not going to make me very happy as a fan. I yeah, this is just a, it's man. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, if they could get past the emotions of everything like that, and get to a place where they could come to some sort of agreement on who's in charge and what's going on. If the Patriots decide that Mac Jones isn't the answer, maybe that's the answer. I really don't know. Christian, Tampa. Tampa was just, like, the slightest bit less sad than the rest of the NSV South, which uh, consists of uh, Carolina, we've already talked about, of who are they again? Um, New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints, again, like, all right, cool. Who are they again? Uh, and um, the Atlanta Falcons of 
who are they again, but younger. Uh, Tampa Bay was just slightly better than those teams. And when I say slightly better, I mean like they were a game ahead of those teams. They went eight and nine. Everybody else in the division goes seven and ten. Um, the Bucks are mediocre at best. And um, Tom Brady, sorry, dude, you're old. Like, you're 45 playing NFL football. Um, I think that he got a lot of, like, there were some things about this year that did bother me about um, the way that Brady was treated. The Grady Jarrett sack when they played the Falcons the first time, I think it was week four. Uh, that was that was stupid. Roughing the passer when he, he rolled him over his body. Um, at the end of a game that would have would have probably resulted in at least Atlanta having a chance to win that game instead of Brady being able to drive down the field and kick a field goal or score a touchdown, whatever they did, they scored and, and Atlanta couldn't come back. Um, that was a that was a frustrating thing, but like I think you know I know that Tom Brady's not going to be done because he said he already gave up everything. Like his his outside of football life could be in TV, but it sure isn't. A home life like he's he's on his own um which is you know to the guy that i i didn't like as a football player because he just kept winning all the time i feel bad for the man for having you know such a hard time outside of his career um but uh to just touch on tom brady a little bit more and place that he could end up i actually thought of something today um that Brady might not be the best suited for Las Vegas because in the past couple of days, we found out that um, Brock Purdy is going to be out for at least six months with a UCL tear. He needs Tommy John. Um, Trey Lance probably won't be ready for the start of the season next season after his injury. And I think the 49ers are going to move on from Jimmy G. So if you need a guy to, like, come in and teach the young kids and maybe get a year or two long contract while you have these two guys on rookie deals and things like that, and they can get to read the offense and defenses better and do kind of a, a what Mahomes did or what um, Aaron Rodgers did back in the back in the days, early days of their careers – you could bring Brady in 49ers quarterback temporarily. Trent Williams protecting him on his blind side, like really good lines on both sides of the field. Brandon Ayuk uh as a good receiver, CMC in the backfield. Like you've got a lot of stuff going on for, you know, a, a team that kind of has it all except for the quarterback to make a run next season. I don't think that Brady's going to be as good as he was 10 years ago, but he's still fine. He did throw a lot of passes this year, and he did play okay in some games or well enough to hand the ball off at very least to or read defenses in short pass situations uh, and, and making smart reads and not turning the ball over. That's kind of the Tom Brady thing you need. That's kind of what the San Francisco 49ers were using uh to make the run that they did at the end of the season and i think if it if purdy had stayed healthy or if uh, they still had garoppolo being healthy or lance being healthy not having to go to a fourth string quarterback they might have had more of a chance in that nfc championship game 
I think that Brady has a consistency of not getting hurt. That's one of his biggest assets. And I think that if you pay him what, you know, like $20 million for a season or two, uh, like per season for a season or two, the 49ers could be the answer there. Uh, but if it's not the 49ers, then yes, I do believe the Las Vegas Raiders were going to be taking Tom Brady. Um, and that's going to be a sad time. <laughs> Guys, we're moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. Christian, I'm going to stay with you. Um, you know, watching the Cardinals, the Cardinals this season, I, I had like, there was like a sensory thing that would happen to me is I would, I would smart, start to smell burning rubber because it was a tire fire. Like it was just JJ Watt being done with that team this season. Tire fire. The even going back to the preseason, the the Kyler Murray contract thing where he was he had to study. They they were telling him he had to study every day for an hour a day. Tire fire. Couldn't play video games. Tire fire. They had D hop suspension. Tire fire. They had like struggled to do anything and everything. The offense was bad. Cliff Kingsbury was a garbage coach. Offensive guru, air raid offense, all that crap. They were terrible. They were truly, truly terrible. And it was a disappointment to watch them play. They were bad. They should feel bad. I'm happy that they fired Kingsbury. Uh, after extending him in the offseason, which didn't make sense either. Their GM stepped down. That is a an overhaul process for that team, and I have no idea how they're going to come out of next season any better than this one. They have talent on their team, but D-Hop wants to be gone. They have Kyler Murray locked into a long contract, and he is a very, very, very talented, like, instinctually talented and physically gifted quarterback, but if he plays the way that he played before he got hurt this season, next season, or into, like, I guess out of next season, because he's not going to be there for the start of it, that's a bust of a signing. What do you, like, do if you're the Cardinals? I don't... This is a team that, like, every decision that they made for the past two years looks like a red flag and not the kind of like Cardinals red flag. I'm talking like a danger. This is a bad option, red flag. And I don't see how they get out of their mess in the next little while. Kyle, the Cardinals. The coach quit his job and went AWOL. Yeah. He moved to Thailand. Um, what? What? Kingsbury was uh, bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. We don't know what he's up to, what he's doing. He gone. He, he just left. And, um, <laughs> which he, Kyle, he, mind you, he did get fired. He wasn't. He did not quit. Uh, yeah, that's very true, and justifiably so. This team, like, man, you want to talk about uh, the lowest of the low? when it comes to trying to find the silver lining. Your silver lining is that Cliff Kingsbury ain't your coach no more. And if I'm being honest, I don't know 
if you have anything else to say particularly positive about this team. Kyler Murray, when he was healthy, was okay. Um, they brought in a rotation of other quarterbacks. That did not work. They all turned off the ball over uh, just a bunch. They, you know, the run game is what it is. They don't really have a lot of top receivers. Hollywood Brown, that didn't work the way they wanted it to. Uh, they paid a first-round pick for him. Um, Buda Baker's really good. <laughs> I don't know, like, this team... I because the problem is that there's there's some talent on this roster, but they need a hard reboot, and I don't know who their coach is going to end up being because I think they haven't hired one just yet. I don't know who their GM is going to end up being. I guess yeah, they got uh, Austin Fort from from Minnesota. So they haven't hired a, they haven't hired a uh, head coach. They've got the third overall pick which they could use to do something interesting with. It just, boy. And, yeah, and you share a division with San Francisco. I don't have anything really positive. There's no, like, again, with a lot of these teams, you know, even Chicago and, and some of these other teams, you can, like, if you want to find a positive for Carolina, the positive is, you know, they play in the NFC South. Uh, Arizona can't even really take that away. Um Kyler Murray, I feel like next season is going to be a big-time make-or-break season for him, especially with a new coach coming in who didn't didn't draft him, wasn't like didn't didn't bring him in. Uh, this team is this team is a bit of a joke franchise, and they have been for a long time, and they got out of that designation, but I think we might have removed them a little too quickly because they're boy, they're they're having a time right now. Kyle, staying with you, the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers uh, do not exist. I believe you will find that those are the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Right. Um, right. The, <laughs> the, uh, the eighth most popular team in Los Angeles um, playing in a soccer <laughs> arena in front of away fans. Um. Like, really all you need to talk about when you talk about this season, who cares about the season? The season was a Chargers season. The team didn't look particularly good. Justin Herbert tried desperately to drag them kicking and screaming to the playoffs and and did. Then they got to the playoffs and... Um, managed to somehow out Falcons the Falcons. Like they they were up twenty seven to seven at half. They they led this game twenty seven zip, and they lost it. They lost the game that they led twenty seven to nothing. I. When, like, what am I supposed to say aside from repeating it over and over? They lost a game that they were winning 27 to nothing in the playoffs. Like, is it good that Justin Herbert got some playoff experience? 
I mean, if you want to call it that, then yeah, sure. But like this was, this team has expectations. They underachieved throughout the season, and then they hilariously underachieved in the playoffs. I don't have a like again. They're they're kind of just the same Chargers team they always are, and I don't have a lot of great things to say about it aside from you know. They're not bad, but they had Khalil Mack, who had a you know fairly strong season. Like, there's not a lot of good to take away from this, and the reality is is that they're going to go into another season next season and probably be the same Chargers that we kind of expect them to be. And yeah, Justin Herbert deserves better. That's about it. Christian, the Los Angeles Chargers. All right. Well, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, listen, I I need to give props to some some players on the Chargers. Um, Derwin James, first of all, this season, need to give props to him for not being too injured, uh, for body slamming Travis Kelsey in the, the Chargers Chiefs game. That was hilarious. Um, he really, like, he, like, powerbombed him. It was great. More of a suplex, but you guys are wrestling fans more than I am. Um, it was fantastic. Um, Justin Herbert for really, really dragging that team, kicking and screaming, like Kyle said, to the playoffs in spite of his head coach's, Brandon Staley's, best efforts to keep them all injured. Um, and then my favorite, new favorite Chargers defender, Asante Samuel Jr. For not one, not two, but three first half interceptions in the playoff game, helping the Chargers team go up 27 nothing. Give props to those guys. They did great, good job, great work. And now let's talk about the rest of the team. <laughs> Twenty-seven nothing, guys. Twenty-seven nothing. I want to Against... point. I want to. I want to point something out before Christian continues, and that is, I said that there were three frauds in the league, and you might be wondering, are the Chargers one of those frauds? No, because they are what we thought they were. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't believe. They missed the playoffs last year when their coach decided that ties weren't how, how we do things around here. Oh, God. And they somehow managed to, despite making the playoffs, have a more hilarious exit this year. Like, that's impressive. A man on the opposing team, Chargers, throws four interceptions in a game. In the first quarter he threw three there was one more in the second quarter and then y'all get beat 31 30 which means that from the time it was 27 nothing in the second quarter you score three points and can't seem to get the ball within field goal range 
You get bit beat by trips offense. Three receivers on one side and one or zero on the other. You lose that game in the most Charger fashion possible. Kudos Trevor Lawrence for being resilient. Kudos Doug Peterson for coaching that game, making those adjustments. Guys, we're moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. My favorite team in the league. I'm not going to hear any negative uh, from either of you. Christian, you're going to start. <laughs> um, There's not much negative to say. Let's be honest. They're in there the Super Bowl. There really isn't. I will say uh, congratulations to Chris Jones for getting his first playoff sack ever in 14 playoff game appearances. Congratulations to him. He did that last week against Joe Burrow in what I thought was the funniest Chris Jones sack of the year because he has been called so many times for roughing the passer this year on what were sacks, uh, and they weren't illegal hits necessarily. If you reviewed them or looked at them or thought of them as a common-sense person, he is just a big man. He tries to stop himself from crushing people, but he's like 320 pounds. He's a large, large human being, and sometimes – you know, he, even when he tries to stop himself, referees think that he, he's not. But he hugged Joe Burrow from behind and literally just sat him down on the ground. Like, Chris Jones didn't leave his feet. He just pushed Joe Burrow, like, hugged him, and then just pulled him so that Joe Burrow was sitting on the ground. Congratulations on that being your first sack, big fella, because you earned that one and did it in the safest way possible to not uh, get a roughing the passer call in a playoff game. Good for you. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the one-legged hero, Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations to you, too, for beating Joe Burrow for the first time. Incredible game. Uh, you, you know, running the ball, uh, he ran the ball three times in that game for eight yards, but I think the most significant play of the game was him running a ball for, like, four yards and getting shoved out of bounds by Osai. Um, to get that, or while he was out of bounds by Osai, to get that 15-yard penalty, and boy, did he look like he could not walk after that. Uh, and he still just pulled through, and they won that game. Harrison Butker making the kick. Uh, it was a very weird feeling to see, like, that Chiefs team pull through when they looked like they were about to do the same thing they did last year and let Burrow and, and the bull walk all over them. And, you know, one thing led to another and it didn't happen. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, they played well all year. They did a lot to, to persevere the, you know, three games that they lost. The inexplicable one to the Colts. Colts seem to get them every year for some reason or, like, seem to trip them up every every time they face them in the regular season. The Bills have beaten them the past couple of years, and so the the Bengals in the regular season. So, like, can't fault them for losing three games. But, like, boy, did they play well this year. They really, really took it to teams. And, honestly, I'm impressed. It's too bad that they're beat up for the Super Bowl. I don't think that they're going to be healthy. I don't know what they're going to do against a Phila team that is just on fire. But, like, respect to the Chiefs. Uh, do you think they? Do you think that Tyreek Hill uh, is regretting not not signing with the Chiefs? Uh, they traded him. Oh, so they they traded him. 
Yeah, he they didn't have the money. Um, I I don't think that Tyreek cares. Honestly, like I think he wants to win, but I think he. I think he's on the Dolphins, though. Yeah, he's on the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins had a rough uh, mid to end of season for a whole bunch of reasons that had nothing to do with Tyreek Hill. And I was gonna say, and, and like conversely, also like the Chiefs don't seem like they're missing him. Oh, I feel like I feel like the Chiefs are kind of missing him. I feel like they could use that speed, like you know. Um, MVS, like Marcus Valdez-Scantling, is is good, but he's not Tyreek fast. Juju Smith-Schuster is good, but he's he's not, you know, he doesn't have that kind of route running or hands. Like, they, they lost a really good receiver there. I think that Pat has been playing better this year with less uh, talent, which is incredible. But, like, I think they are missing him. I just think that they're persevering despite it. Kyle, the Chiefs. It is kind of telling that, you know, the team that we're talking about is probably the best team in the league lost game this season to the Colts because that's just how the NFL goes. Um, Are they, like, are they missing Tyreek Hill? Absolutely they're missing Tyreek Hill. They would love to have a player that talented on this, this receiving core because – uh, the guys that he's throwing to are, you know, they're good. They're not the kinds of guys that you really wish you were throwing to. Um, they're getting the job done, though. Sure. But it's like Tyreek Hill was the cheat code. And now they've got to work a lot harder than they had to with the cheat code. There's problems with this offensive line. They still have, you know, that's that's a thing that is still a, a thing. Um, they, where they had to bring in my man Swag Henny in uh, for a little bit of the conference championship game, which is not what you want. Um, Mahomes, gonna Mahomes, he is still amazing. They still have um, Andy Reid coaching them, and he is he has proven himself to be you know a, a really truly great coach. The defense, while there's still some things to it that you don't love. Chris Jones is an absolute beast, and, and the pieces are starting to, to come together. And I will say, well, does Tyree Kill miss uh, the Chiefs? I mean, no, because you can be a legend in the game, or you can be a legend at the bank. And uh, at the bank, they call Tyreek Mr. Hill. Um, <laughs> so he'll just go ahead and cash those checks. Thanks very much. But like, Oh, you've got – this is a good team, obviously. They're very, very talented. There's going to be some worries about, you know, going to the Super Bowl, which we'll get into, about some of the injuries that they're dealing with and whether or not they're able to um, excuse me, get all the way through it and bring this thing all the way to the, the finish line. We had worries about this team before where, you know, they got to the Super Bowl against Tampa. We're, you know, the much better team, but – that offensive line reared its ugly head in, in in that particular game. Um, but I say all that to say Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He is uh he is Jordan. He is like he is peak whatever you want to do in whatever sport you want to talk about. He is that dude and he is going to con- probably continue to be that dude. 
And we're starting, he is only in, I think this is his fifth season of, of football. Um, I'm just double checking that to me. No, he's the sixth season. He just missed some of, it's his sixth season technically, but it's fifth, fifth season of full-time starting. He's started 80 games now in his NFL career. And in 80 games, he already has, uh, 24,000 passing yards. Uh, in 80 starts, 24,000 passing yards and 192 touchdowns to 49 picks. Um, he is, he's about to probably almost assuredly win his second MVP. There's arguments to be made that maybe he was, he was robbed of another one. Like, he's that dude. And he's only, you know, he's still in his 20s. I don't know, like, I'm not, the problem with a guy like Patrick Mahomes is you want to talk about him, like, maybe going down as the greatest ever in the future because how you can't see that guy ever slowing down. But like, what's amazing to me is that he's been able to sustain this level of play at all because this is, he's playing impossibly well. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have more to say about him than that. Like the reality of the Kansas city chiefs, so long as you have that dude playing at that level, the rest of this stuff is just noise. We're going to start with you with the Indianapolis Colts. We get to talk about the second frauds. And indeed, this is the Kyle Joseph pick for frauds of the year. The Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> I have a feeling this Colts. is going to be a, uh, a, 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 like it's something we come back to. I hope so. Um, the Indianapolis Colts had... I mean, we can talk about the good, and the good is that they had a winning record through six games. Now, admittedly, they narrowly beat the Broncos in overtime and beat a Jacksonville Jaguars team that hadn't figured anything out and tied the Houston Texans. I think that tie against the Houston Texans was a very good indicator right away that this was had the potential to go wildly off the rails and then proceeded to Jonathan Taylor got hurt. He's still that dude, but like he got hurt. Matt Ryan was not the answer. This everything that looked good about the offensive line that we had praised for so long started to unravel. The defense looked awful. Um, and you know, we're, we're now at a place looking at this at this team right now where despite, you know, adding some talented players, DeForest Buckner still looks like he's a very good player, but they were 30th in points for, they were 28th in points against. Um, they were dead last in the league um, in simple rating system, uh, according to pro uh, football reference. Like, Frank Reich got fired and they hired a dude who had only coached high school before. Like the thing that we have to remember about the Indianapolis Colts is that some very talented players have papered over the fact that this franchise is fundamentally broken. They ruined Andrew Luck's career and the same, like not all the same people are in charge that were still in charge then. Um, but Frank Reich seemed to, 
have things sort of going in the right direction. They made a few really good draft picks. They had a lot of things going. Then they could not, for the life of them, figure out this quarterbacking situation. And everything just sort of unraveled from there. If they try, I think the one nice thing about the Colts this season is that they were so bad that they can't just think that a quarterback's going to solve everything anymore. Which is a little bit of blessing in disguise. But this team went into the season with playoff expectations and they were an utter and complete embarrassment to this league. Uh, frauds. <laughs> Christian, Colts. Jim say, sell the team, please. You have to remember what day football is played on. It's played on Sunday, not Saturday. You do not need to hire a coach named Jeff Saturday. He is not a coach. He is an ESPN analyst. It's fine. You have a mistake. Sell the team. We don't need to see that. That was garbage beyond garbage. That was just, a, it was, the, the yeah, Kyle's right. Colts are frauds. They are, I wouldn't call them the frauds of the year. That is a special designation that I would say for another team in the AFC, but they are certainly not. They are, they're in the list of the front runnings. They are uh, the finalists for frauds of the year. It was a, like a, a pathetic season full of just questionable, everything management, play calling, decisions uh starting them Ellinger over Matt Ryan even though Matt Ryan was apparently pretty universally disliked by his team but Sam Ellinger was a fifth round pick in the draft as a rookie who couldn't throw the ball he had legs sure but he couldn't throw the ball he was not good and they knew that and they benched Matt Ryan to fire Frank Reich like I just, it, it, none of it made sense, and I just don't want to see it happen again. The Colts, yeah, they've been in disarray since since Andrew Luck left, and I think even before that, because the reason Andrew Luck retired is because he kept getting hurt. The man was playing through horrendous injuries every season because they couldn't protect him. So, yeah, they are in disarray. They've been they've been in shambles since Manning left. I don't see how you can you can confidently go into next season being like hey we're we're coming back to it and the fact that Jeff Saturday having the the season that he had uh let's not forget the um losing a 33 point lead to the um Minnesota Vikings late in the season in December and you have that dude as one of your head coach finalists for next year? Jim Mercy, sell the team. That's all. Somebody else can do better. Christian, the Washington Commanders. Speaking of sell the team, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just about to say that. You quite, quite literally took the words right out of my mouth. Speaking of sell the team. Can we just – I don't even really want to talk about the Commanders. Like, they make me sad as a football watcher. 
Um, I liked Ron Rivera. And then he had that soundbite of, if the Packers win, we're out of the playoffs? What? Since what? Like, what do you, you, how do you not know that, man? How do you, how do you not know that? Why, why is Taylor Heineke being sat for Carson friggin' Wentz? Who couldn't dig himself, pull himself out of a, like, he, he, he's digging himself a hole on the football field. Every game he plays. He had three picks in that game against the Browns? Like, you've got to be kidding me. Taylor Heineke had a better shot of making they could they were, they were a playoff team. They were a playoff team. That stupid coaching decisions, stupid managerial decisions, you know, they... they I just the commanders are are are, are perpetually just uninspired on, on and off the field. They're frustrating on and off the field. That uh, Sean Taylor memorial that they put up with a wire frame instead of a statue uh, to distract from another Snyder controversy, uh, like I just. Don't understand. I don't understand the commanders as a as a thing. They're just bad, and I don't want them to continue to be this way. But like, they kind of deserve it because Dan Snyder is truly the worst of all. Uh, the only highlight I will say oh, about oh. the commanders, who I am excited to, to see. Uh, coming up is uh, Chase Young's coming back. That's the only person I'm excited to see. That's the only person. Mm, that's not true. There are a couple of guys. Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry's great. Chase Young, fantastic. Excited to see those guys play. Everybody else can. I just I can't I can't look at Carson Wentz in another game throwing ten more interceptions next season to his like two touchdowns. He's bad, and he should feel bad, and so should um, Riverboat Ron for, for putting him in the game, and Dan Snyder should just be not allowed to own anything anymore, ever. Hopefully that is the case. Hopefully they finalize a deal with him soon, because I would love to see the Commanders be owned and operated properly for once. Kyle, the Commanders. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the off-field stuff. I can rehash whatever. In a league where there is quite, there are quite a few terrible owners, um, he is literally the worst one in the league by a country mile, which is saying something. Um, Terry McLaurin's a good wide receiver. Uh, solid number one wide receiver. This defense... Um, as you mentioned, Chase Young returning next year to a defense that had three players have um, significant sack numbers. Deron Payne had 11.5, Jonathan Allen had 7.5, Montez Sweat had 8. Adding Chase Young to that pressure defense, um, they had some, you know, decent players in, in, in 
other places in the defense as well. But, like, and this is a defense that very quietly finished seventh in the league in points points against. They had some very strong games where they won games for this team that this team should not have won. Um, the they only scored twelve points against the Bears and still beat them. Like you know, this was there. There was things that went really well this season, and the combination of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio seems to be working as far as the defense goes. The offense is pretty bad, and the reality is that the it's not going to get better until they get a better quarterback and. I think Carson Wentz this season sort of proved that this is the last stop for him as far as, like, anybody believing that he should be starting games. Carson Wentz, I think, is going to go into the place of, if you're starting Carson Wentz, it's because something went wrong. Um, Yeah, there's not much more to say than that, though, because... There's, again, there's, as I said, there's some promise, but, like... I don't feel good about that, and I don't think, I don't suspect that they're going to improve, because they just kind of aren't run to improve, and yeah, when that's the case, there's not much you can do about that. Kyle, New Orleans, the Saints. Um. Yes. Like, what is there to say about the New Orleans Saints? I didn't realize that we were going to be doing this whole, like, Andy Dalton as starter thing for a whole season. Alvin Kamara seemed to have regressed. Whatever they thought they had in Taysom Hill, I'm not sure. He's still very gadgety, but I'm not sure what else to say beyond that. It looks like they're going to be looking for a quarterback again, because I can't imagine. Like, they might come back with Andy Dalton another season. I doubt Jameis Winston is going to be returning, which makes him a very interesting, like, potential backup or, like, a guy to bring in to challenge somebody. But, um... Yeah, the three games he played, you can't really tell anything with. They, I mean, they started the season four and nine and then won three games in a row off their bye week to get into a place where, you know, they almost, they had a shot at the playoffs. So if you want to take some positives out of that, sure. But, like... All the pieces of this team that we were really excited about once upon a time, that excitement is sort of disappeared. Michael Thomas got very, very hurt. Um, Chris Olave looks like he's going to be a good receiver. Maybe. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, he had a good season. I just, I, he also, there was also some problems with, you know, with uh, how many targets he got versus how many catches he had. Like, yeah, I just there's not a lot of positive to say about this. There's talent here, and you expect that talent could bounce back. But, like, 
it might just be that whatever's left of this team just isn't working. Like Alvin Kamara, even even though he got hurt, like you don't expect an Alvin Kamara season where he's averaging four yards an attempt on the ground and, you know, is playing okay but not amazing as a receiver. You don't expect uh, a season where Will Lutz is kicking under um, 75%. He's a 91, or like as a as a kicker on his career, um, he is uh, <laughs> almost 85%. And he was kicking just well below um, after, you know, after missing a year. Like... Huh. There's not a lot of things to be really positive about. And as a Raiders fan, let me tell you, you're not going to get me to get excited for Coach Dennis Allen. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Again, the one thing I'll say is, and this is a rinse and repeat from my Carolina Panthers thing, is that, yeah, they play in a division where you know what? Nine wins might be enough. And Chris, I, get, I guess it's a positive. So, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, Christian, the Saints. You know, I, it's another one of those teams where I'm just like, I don't really want to talk about them. Not to be whatever, but like, I would rather see you flame out with Jameson on the center and Andy Dalton just mediocrely get you seven wins. I would rather see Jameis go 30 for 30 again and see what happens than that pathetic mess of a season that they had. Alvin Kamara didn't play that well. Chris Olave did look like he was a great option at vote. I hope that Michael Thomas uh, can come back healthy enough to, to play with him because that would be a good two combo. But the defense, like Cam Jordan was good. Um, that was about it. <laughs> like they didn't have much. I, I do like Marshawn Lattimore. He's still playing at an elite level. Uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, but for safety for them, was definitely had regression from where he was as a chief, but I think that's just because of the style of play the Saints had. But again, it also just might have just been the mediocre season. They didn't play well they they were again like they 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 played i think above what um their roster had them set out to be at least offensively after thomas goes out but they were just kind of blah the whole season like i don't have faith in andy to do much of anything in terms of like getting a team to the playoffs anymore. I think he's well past it and he's kind of cooked. And I know that Jameis Winston isn't that much better and can be substantially worse, but at least he can throw you into and out of games instead of, you know, kind of middling and not quite getting the job done. Like that was just what the whole season was for the saints is they just kind of didn't quite get the job done. It's a disappointing season. They bore me as a team. Like the I I can't believe I'm saying this about Noodle 
noodle arm Drew Brees, droodle arm Brees. But I kind of miss him because at least when they had Drew Brees, they were a little bit more interesting. Sean Payton made a little bit more interesting. It's just, meh. Like the the team just feels like they're going to sit stagnant at seven and ten or six and eleven, maybe eight and nine for the next ten years. Christian, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about we we just talked about three teams that haven't played well this season. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, however, had a hell of a season. They did not unfortunately make it as far as they wanted to, as is in Cowboys fashion. But this might have been the best season they've had in many. I'll start with you when we when we're talking about the Cowboys. Ooh, we how about them, Cowboys? I this is a team where like, God, do I hate Jerry Jones? Like he's he's a bad dude. Like we all have to admit, Jerry Jones is kind of a bad dude. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, you, you, he's the reason I can't root for the Cowboys. I like Dak. I I think that Pollard is, is a great running back. I think that Micah Parsons is an interesting character on and off the field. He's a really great defender. They've got a lot of good guys. C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup regressed a bit, but like they've got a lot of good guys. But had they, you know, maybe if they had kept Amari Cooper, they might have been in a little bit of a different situation. But this is a good team. And it feels like, and I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but they can't quite get over the hump. This is a good team. I know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll wait till you get to me. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, I'm sure, I'm sure, Kyle, you and I have the same opinion. I'll save it for you, but, like, this is a good team. This is a a strong enough team to do things. I think that um, the thing that kind of upset me about the Cowboys the most, I understand like Dak didn't play great in their game against the Niners, but don't flame him on Twitter. Talk to him privately first. If you're going to go with a different option, do that. But like, don't, don't be petty. Yeah. He turned the ball over a couple of times, threw a couple of bad picks. He did that all season. He's done that his whole career. He's done his whole career. But, like, don't flame him on Twitter. Like, that's just petty, sad, stupid garbage. Be a better organization than that. Like, I like the Cowboys as, like, a, you know, they're the the, the unlucky so-and-so. Not really unlucky, but, like, you know, they can never quite get over the hump. But I like the fact that they're a perennial playoff team because everybody talks about them. They're, a, you know, quote-unquote America's team. They're kind of fun to watch do well all season and know what the inevitable end is going to be. It's like a um, like a tragedy in slow motion. It's hilarious and fantastic because you know that they're always going to flame out in the first round of the playoffs. But it's like, don't flame your dude on Twitter. Dak has earned some respect, at least in my opinion. Um, maybe not as like a super quarterback, but definitely not to be like, well, he turned the ball over too many times and can't believe it was two, two bad turnovers in a playoff game. That was the difference. Like, no, it wasn't. Your team just didn't beat the Niners who were a better team. That's it. Kyle, the Cowboys. You, you have some answers. Yeah. You're coached by Mike McCarthy. I was I've got, I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil that one. Yes, I you and I absolutely agree. So I want to point out they finished uh, fourth in scoring and fifth 
in, po- in points against. Like, they had a, this is a really good season for the Cowboys in terms of regular season. Kellen Moore was not the reason you lost, and the fact that you <laughs> fired him and, you know, somehow made it so that the Los Angeles Chargers got to have a good news day, I, I um, like, they, the thing about this team is that they had a few particularly impressive wins, and then some bafflingly bad performances, and I want to... I want to pref or I want to make sure that I'm like I'm careful with this because like again like they beat the Eagles later in the season that was a that was a good looking win they destroyed the Minnesota Vikings this season um, obviously and they they played up to, against some bad competition but they had five losses during the season um, two of them in overtime Tampa Bay which that's even for week one, you only scored three points against Tampa Bay. That's not, that's not a great look. Um, the Eagles at the Eagles, you can kind of excuse that one um, at the Packers on the road, especially in the game that they, the, even, especially at that time when the Packers were just real bad. Uh, that's not a good look. Um, Jaguars were in overtime. Like, they were coming on, but giving up 40 points that late in the season of the Jaguars. Uh, and then the last week against the Commanders, where they got lit up. Like, there's positives to take away from this Cowboys season. But I do think the answer that they have found, like, once again, is more autonomy for Mike, for Mike McCarthy. And I don't know that they could have found a worse answer than that. Uh, I will say one more thing, just as a, as an addendum to the, the both of our answers, that Cowboys had one of the most interesting uh, uh, win loss records the entire season because their home record they were eight and one when they were playing in Jerry World, and when they were away from home they were four and four. And the reality is that chances are you're going to have to win some road playoff games. Especially if you're the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. And so, like, yeah, they, this is, this is not a, a, this is, I mean, again, it's hard to be disappointed because this was a very good season. And I do think even considering the Cowboys' expectations, I don't think this is a bad season. But this is a team that, like, again, they're very much like Buffalo that it's it's a Super Bowl or bust team, and unlike Buffalo, I don't think they've quite earned that place. So, yeah, you're gonna have a tough time going forward because I think this is I don't I don't know that things are gonna be getting better. Again, they're still dealing with the realities of their insane uh, salary cap problems. Fair, uh, Kyle, the Miami Dolphins. Talking about the Miami Dolphins, like, I have a hard time. Like, it's the NFL. So, on the one hand, you can't throw out any seasons. 
you don't get to do that. This is just sort of like the reality of what happens uh, in the NFL. But like, let's talk about, you want to talk about volatility? They won three in a row. They lost three in a row. They won five in a row. They lost five in a row. Then they beat the Jets and lost to the Bills in the playoffs. Like, and it's, it and it was just that kind of season for them, where it was they get on hot streaks, they get things rolling. Tua at different times looked like the absolute answer, and very, very much not the answer. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, might have just sort of sealed the deal of his career as a clipboard carrier extraordinaire. But the frustrating thing about this this team is that whoever the quarterback is going to be going forward, Raheem Mostert looks like a very good running back and has sort of proven himself to be, you know, especially as a scat back, has proven himself to be a very, very solid option. And Tyreek Hill is absolutely that guy. And I don't think he's the fastest guy in that receiving core because Jalen Waddell might just be that fast as well. I feel like this is a team that, as much as, again, as much as I'm reticent to do it, and there are problems in defense, and there's problems in other places with this, this Dolphins team, I'm willing to say, you know what, enough stuff happened with with injuries, with wild stuff going on throughout the season, and with not being able to really establish yourself and a baseline for this team, where it's like, okay... Yeah, it's unfortunate, but maybe let's try again next year before we make any rash or abrupt decisions because it's possible this team is just going to be able to figure it out and more comfortably make the playoffs next year. Of course, it's also distinctly possible they go completely in the other direction because, again, we there's not much we can really take from... It's hard to find something that you can really take solidly from this season, at least as far as I'm concerned. Christian, Miami. Tua Tagovailoa had concussion for three months. I know they had these weird up and down wins and losses, streaks and things like that. For the first half of the season, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill were both in the five uh, receiving yards for the NFL individually. And as a duo, we're setting historic numbers like they were they were insane both of them were two of the first five to a thousand yards on the season and I think it's two has stayed healthy Tyreek might have had a thousand on the season but three concussions in three months I don't know what to do with that like I think that yeah you know um Bridgewater was not the solution. Um, and then also got hurt. Um, they they did have a suspect defense, but like I know they tried to shore that up with uh, Bradley Chubb midway through the season. Um, it was just it was such a weird such a weird season for them. And then the way that they went out with Skylar Thompson, QB3, Skylar Thompson, 
almost winning game in Buffalo is wild to me. Like, it was a very strange thing. I feel like they didn't have any luck with the injury bug, especially to their most important player. I want. I, I agree with Kyle, and I want to see how it goes next season before they blow anything up, because it was an interesting season to watch. It's just that, you know, it's hard when you have what seems like a good core group, and you can't keep them together because everybody keeps getting hurt. Tyreek wasn't healthy for the entire year. Uh, we know about Tua not being healthy at all. Again, three concussions in three months. Shouldn't be playing football at that point. Like, like I, I, I respect the guy. He put up great numbers and is a good NFL QB. It's just that you cannot, your head can't take that much trauma. Uh, and, like, the defense was meh. <laughs> for uh, half the year and good for the other half or like, okay for the other half. Um, they're an interesting team. I just, I, I also don't have any faith they're going to be good next year because teams that like have these crazy injury years, you know, I, I think about like, man, the chargers always look so good regular season wise at the start of the year. They look like they're going to be beast dominant. And then they also have injury bugs every single year. So it's like, I can't trust a team to not get injured like that. I can't trust two to not get injured like that. So I'm interested to see how next too. year. Pardon? 49ers, too. They get hurt every year. Yeah, Niners every year. They, they're they on their fourth string quarterback in the NFC Championship. It just feels like there are teams that are kind of cursed with that injury thing. And Miami might just be one of them because, man, oh, man, have they not had. Like, I'm, I'm sad that. Um, they had the end of the season they did. Um, and I'm sad that Skylar Thompson had to try to come in and be the hero. It's just that, like, they couldn't avoid the injury bug. And the thing is, like, the thing that interests me the most about the Dolphins was not even this year's Dolphins. It was last year's Dolphins, the Brian Flores-led Dolphins, that went 1-7 and seven in their first eight games and then ended up winning, like, seven out of their last eight? They almost made the playoffs, and that made me think, like, hey, this could be a good team, and then they add Tyreek, and they do all these things, and it's going to be great, and Jalen Waddle is just as fast as Tyreek. They both have good hands, great route runners, all this stuff. They have Raheem Mostert in the backfield now. They look like they were really built up for a run, and then they just kept getting hurt. And, you know, as, as, as much as that it, injuries are a part of the game, man, did Tua need to not get three concussions in three months because there were games where you're looking at him and he was, like, playing fine, and then he's throwing three interceptions in a, in a half because – his head so he's, he literally can't see the players on the field. Like I don't I don't like watching that guy play hurt. Not only is he, you know, in bad health and it's scary to watch the neck injury that happened in Buffalo. He's uh the, the Green Bay game, he's he's throwing throwing like crazy interceptions, doesn't look like he can see anything on the field. It's scary to watch and then on top of that, it's just bad football. Like, on 
on on in every sense of the word. It's bad. It's bad for the game. It's bad for the brand. It's bad for the everything that's going on. And it's just sad to watch. And I hope that the Dolphins don't have that kind of injury stuff next year because I think they would be a, a team that could go toe-to-toe with some of the juggernauts if they can get their scoring momentum going. Like, I remember when they beat the they beat the Bears and it was like the Bears had their number, it seemed like the whole game, and then Miami just went off. Like, they scored like 41 points in, in two and a half quarters. And it was insane. And I love those kinds of offensive shootouts sometimes. And I want to see that kind of stuff where Tyreek and and Mahomes meet on opposite sides of the of the field, like where they where where Tyreek catching a long bomb from Tua for one thing, and then MVS gets a long bomb from Mahomes the other end, and it's like this insane shootout. And I want to see who has the last possession. Are they going to win? Is that kind of thing? And if Miami can't stay healthy, that's just never going to happen. Christian, I'm going to stay with you for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, man, oh man, were so many people wrong about the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, I didn't have faith in them this year, personally, uh, and probably should have. Jalen Hurts, I thought, was a cool experiment. Didn't know how that was going to turn out. A.J. Brown, getting him, signing him, great, fantastic, loved to see it. They balled out so well. They shored up their defensive line is terrifying. Uh, if they get five sacks in the Super Bowl, they'll be the team with the most sacks in a season playoffs and regular season combined ever. Uh, beating the uh, the the Bears from '84 and '85. Um, they're they're scary on offense with that rushing attack, and they have AJ Brown. They have uh, Devontae Smith. They have Jalen Hurts just able to take over a game with his legs and his arm when he needs to. A sure bona fide uh, MVP candidate. And, you know, their defense is solid on, like, the in the secondary. The front seven is terrifying. They're just, all in all, they have been from the front to the back of the year, the best team in the league. That's I, I don't think I can say anything else about them. They're just, from top to bottom, have been the most solid, most consistent, best team in the league the whole year. Kyle, the Eagles. Aside from a slight period where Gardner Minshew was trying but not really holding it down, um, Eagles played this season and their only loss was a week 10 flip against the Washington commanders, which again, that's sort of just football sometimes. And there was a bad call in that game that like there was a pass interference that didn't get called that would have put the Eagles in a short position. They they still lost the game by 11, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll again, um, AJ Brown looked like that was a really good pickup. Again, the big thing about this team, historically and forever, is that they didn't have receivers. Well, guess what? They've got two really good ones. AJ Brown looks very, very good, and Devonta Smith is a monster. Um, which is a very exciting thing for them going forward. 
Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts had a fantastic season. Nothing really to, to take away from him. He he did, uh, uh, you know, there are times, and especially in the playoffs, it looked like he was very much, you know, job more than leading the team down um, to to victories. But you know that sometimes you just don't need to be more than than that to get the job done. It is an interesting situation because. Whereas I do think there's a lot more pressure on Kansas City to win the the Super Bowl, I do think top to bottom this Eagles team is a better team. Um, but man, you're asking me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. We'll we'll get to that later. But like, it's suffice to say, like they've got some very very good players on defense. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Darius Slay still. Uh, getting it down at corner. Um, they've got. Obviously, all the pieces that I mentioned on offense having a great season. They, you know, I I can say a lot about the Giants and also a lot about Josh Johnson, um, as your uh, your playoff opposition. But they beat the teams that were in front of them, and it's sort of the story of the whole season, aside from you know, the Gardner Minshew days, um. Not all the wins look pretty, but they got the win at the end of the day. And I do think that's the big thing with the Eagles is we can say things about them being shaky in moments, but they were probably consistently the the best team of the year. And we'll see where that leads them. Now the big thing is for Eagles fans is getting back to a place of consistency. They won that championship, and it was a bit of a surprise to everybody. Nick, you know, Nick Foles being the person to win a championship is not something that you're necessarily expecting. But now the question is, okay, you've gotten yourself to the point where you had a very, very good season, and you can feel really good about that very good season that you had. Can you turn it into a thing where you're going to be able to sustainably um, carry forward as a team and have consistently good seasons. If you can, then now we've got something cooking. Kyle, I'm going to stick with you. The Air, or sorry, the Atlanta Falcons. One. Because... On the one hand, you should probably feel proud of being able to get seven wins out of this train wreck of a roster. And some pieces emerged. Um, Tyler Algier looks like a really like, like a solid, solid running piece of the running back. Um, they have one of the best kickers in the league in uh, Young Way Koo, which you know you can you can scoff at the kicker, but you know uh, ask the Cowboys. You know you need consistency at that position for sure. Um, there's you know pieces of the defense that look okay. Um, my big problem with a lot of this stuff is 
yes, it looked not awful for a season, and especially a season where it looked like, oh, this was going to be a long one for the Falcons, and the Falcons really don't want to fade into irrelevancy necessarily. But coming out of a season like this, and, you know, I uh, where... What next? Drake London showed flashes of very good play. Kyle Pitts, you know, got hurt, and I think this is his season kind of got derailed. Desmond Ritter, I mean, he was all right. Are we asking him to be the starting quarterback of this team going forward? Uh, yeah, maybe, but that's that seems tough. Cordell Patterson had, you know. He was solid as in his usual role, but he's now 31. We're starting to, you know, it's, it's starting to get up there a bit, especially in running back years. Uh, now that he's playing that position a lot more, this feels like to me there's optimism maybe in Atlanta, and I everything about this screams to me that it's just not going to be able to hold. The although again, and I've said this for every team, the saving grace, you're playing the NFC South. <laughs> Christian, Atlanta. I think the, the I'm gonna lead with what Kyle ended with, the saving grace you play in the NFC South. Like yeah, they, they exceeded expectations this year, uh, minus Kyle, who, yeah, getting hurt, and then, you know, his first few games of the season, first, like, six games of the season, was were terrible. Like, they, they weren't using him properly. I feel like there are a lot of things that need to be fixed for this team personnel-wise, but also just scheme-wise. Like, they just need a better coordinator. They need a better something to get a kickstart on what this offense and defense should um, kicker. Great. Uh, really solid this year. It's just that it feels like they're missing stuff still. Uh, I will say one thing about the Falcons. That's really good. Eighth pick in the draft. If you guys like, you might be able to get a really good value spot, like piece there. Hopefully. Hopefully on defense they, too. Yeah. Because that was that was the thing they they definitely need, uh, but like you know, uh, it's they play in they play in the NFC South, and boy, is that a bad division? You could take it this upcoming year, like just like any of them can. Because I don't think that Brady's going to be back for the Bucks, so you have that advantage of them having to start a different quarterback, probably, and. Yeah, none of the teams were great in the NFC South, and um, funny enough, the uh, Falcons had the second-best plus-minus like points differential in the NFC South. Uh, they were behind. By the way, all the player, or all the teams in the NFC South uh, had a nev point uh, plus-minus for points differential, with the Bucks, who ended up winning that division, being the worst. At a minus 45, uh, followed by the Panthers, who were a minus 27. 
then the Falcons, who were a minus 21, and then the Saints had the best at a minus 15. Uh, but I think the Falcons could do it. Like, I think they, they have the opportunity to. I think they're a one and done in the playoffs, but, like, I think they could be fine next year. They could be a playoff team. They're close because the rest of their division sucks. The only thing that you have to wonder is, like, they got a lot of okay quarterback play out of Marcus Mariota, and I'm not sure that he's coming back next year. Oh, probably so, not, but, I mean, like, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter could be fine. Like, I think that, again, like, I think the division is bad enough where you could sneak through with an 8-9 record. Christian, I'm going to stay with you for the 49ers. Yikes, this team. <laughs> um, you guys are cracking me up. No, I, like, I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in a scary way. This team scares me. You lead off the season with a loss to the Bears. Those Chicago Bears who are drafting first. Because they were the worst team in the NFL. That's debatable. You open your season. Pardon? That's debatable. Right, who are the who had the worst record in the NFL? That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I should I they is my team. I do love them, but they had the worst record in the NFL. You open the season with a loss to the Bears. Then your starting quarterback gets a season ending injury done. Won't be coming back. Might not be able to even start next season uh, for at least for the beginning of it. Trey Lance out for the year and they move back to Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, um, you know, had one big, long playoff run for the, the 49ers and has, you know, played off and on good and bad uh, for the team since then, uh, including in that role against the Kansas City Chiefs three years ago, off and on, good and bad, like off and on, good and bad, uh, had a chance at a at a ring and just blew a throw way over through a, a wide open receiver who had two steps on a guy in a Super Bowl. That sucks, man. And then he gets injured. And in steps, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft in this past draft, Brock Purdy. And he wins seven straight games to take them all the way to the NFC Championship. And then he tears in the first few plays of offense for the 49ers. He completes his first two passes and then tears his UCL. And then they have to go to quarterback four, who is Josh Johnson, who gets concussed. And so they have to bring, have to bring back Brock Purdy with a torn UCL to play the rest of the game, the man couldn't throw. Like, he literally physically could not throw, and so they ran the rest of the game when they were down 31-7 to the Eagles. It was not a fun way for them to go out. I was really sad was the kind of way that it had to be, but this team is terrifying. Historically good defense. Incredible production on offense. They are scary in every way, shape, and form. How they started the season, like, not so good with with a lot. Like, they were under 500 for almost the first quarter of the season. They were under 500. And then they just kept winning. And they kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. 
Uh, they didn't lose since Halloween, I think, until this past week. And it was an incredible run, and I was I was uh, excited to see how that team worked because, you know, the, the opening of it was not great. And then they just kept rolling. Like, they were a shoe-in since they got beat by Kansas City to win games. And kudos to them. I hope that their guys get healthy because that's a terrible way to end a season. I'm so sorry for that. Like, kind of those kinds of bad luck things to happen in those ways. I think in that last game, Trent Williams, calm down. Don't body slam a guy to the ground when you've already lost. The game's over. Don't do that. That's just poor sportsmanship. But, like, this team was scary. This team was scary to look at every week and be like, yeah, they're going to win. Don't care who their opponent is. Yeah, they're going to win. And you were right up until this game. And the only team they faced, I know that they had to go to their fourth string quarterback in Josh Johnson. I know that they still were in the game for the first quarter after Purdy got hurt. Then Johnson takes a football off the face mask that's getting snapped to him, and it just falls apart from there. But, like, this 49ers team, if they can back most of what they had this season to next season, I wouldn't be surprised if they were king of the hill at the end of next season. Honestly, like, they were just that good. I think if they, even if they add, like, Tom Brady as a stopgap between injured quarterbacks, this could be the scariest team in the NFL by far. They are probably... Uh, I would say just below the level of the Eagles this year going into the season next year, if they can keep most of their guys on this roster. So I don't want to see the 49ers at all next season if I'm any team, never mind every team that they're going to play against. Kyle, do you agree? I agree that pound for pound they were the best team of the season. And I agree that um, there's a lot of talent all throughout the roster. Kyle Shanahan did a great job. I will say losing D'Amico Ryans is going to be a blow. Yes. He ran a real good defense this year. And it showed throughout the season. Yeah, I... So they're probably going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and that means you got to go into the season hoping that Brock Purdy is going to be able to be available, which if he doesn't need Tommy John is possible. Uh, and then hold it down until Trey Lance can get back. And then you got yourself a competition, which is always fun. Christian McCaffrey, well, and again, now I, as soon as I say all these names... It's like Christian McCaffrey's really good. He's kind of a concern for injuries too. Debo Samuel. Um very, very talented player. Like and again, potential Hall of Famers on this team and this defense in in Nick Bosa, in Fred in Fred Warner, um, in Trent Williams on the offensive line. There's a lot of really good players this year. Brandon Ayuk is a fantastic player. They've got, and again, another sort of thing is that um, 
Kyle Juszczyk is probably the, or I don't even think it's probably, is the best fullback in all of football. Now I know not a lot of teams are using fullbacks, but, and then George Kittle, maybe not as a pass catcher, but he is probably all around the best tight end in football right now. There's a lot of talent all over this, uh, all over this team, and you got to feel good about the direction that things are heading, and credit to John Lynch, credit to Kyle Shanahan for getting things going. Now they just need to figure out what the situation is going to be for quarterback, and then then you got to ask yourself with all these people who we're talking about, especially the guys like Christian McCaffrey who have had long histories of injury, are you going to be able to actually stay healthy? Because... And this is the reality of the sport, and there's a lot of fluky injury stuff that can happen. It makes it very tricky to predict. But the best ability is availability. And for the San Francisco 49ers, that has been their almost only problem in the last several years, is can't stay healthy. And, yeah, that's still, like, we can we can say year after year, oh, if they can only stay healthy, well, they kind of have to at some point in order to make this work. Moving on forward, Kyle, let's start with the Tennessee Titans. <sighs> Say it with me now. Frauds. <laughs> I respect Derrick Henry way too much him to run for 1,500 yards on 349 carries in today's NFL for that offense to finish 28th in the league in scoring. They started this season 7-3. and three. Won a Thursday night game in Green Bay, which, you know, everyone was beating Green Bay, so there was only about so much with that. And they had they hadn't really won a big game, and they got blown out at the beginning of the year. Absolutely had their doors blown off by the Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the year. But you lost to the Texans, y'all. Two losses to the Jags. An absolute blowout against the Eagles. Got pretty handily beat. By the by, um, or you ended up losing to the Chargers. Like the reality of this team is that it might be the end of the line for Ryan Tannehill as starting quarterback. But I don't even know if he was the worst part of of all of this. I'm starting to wonder. If we can, because off of a team that, you know, a season ago finished 12-5 and and was the number one team in the AFC. But Mike Vrabel might be on the hot seat. Because you lost your quarterback, which is unfortunate. But, like, you still had a bunch of the pieces humming. And the reality is, like, one thing I will say about this, I talked earlier about, um, I don't know that I've ever seen a receiving core as messy as the Chicago Bears receiving core. 
I think Robert Woods is a better receiver than any of the the Bears than any receiver on the Bears, but he only had 527 receiving yards. Like, even if you have Derrick Henry, you still, in order to get the best and the most out of Derrick Henry, who is going like a bruiser back, is to be able to legitimately make teams believe you're going to throw on them and have success throwing on them. And Ryan Tannehill is not that answer. And I worry now that the Titans are going to become that team that the Colts are right now, where they're going to chase after a quarterback, believing that the quarterback is the answer to, to their problems when there might be more rotten floorboards in this in this house than we realize. That's what I've got. The frauds. <laughs> Christian, frauds? Oh, frauds, for sure. Yeah, absolutely frauds. Like, again, I'm going to pay respects to the king. King Henry deserves all of his accolades. He is... Yeah, ran for fifteen hundred yards this season with not a lot of support around him. Tannehill didn't play great. They have no receiving core. They don't have really much of anything aside from Derrick Henry on offense. Their defense was not good enough to stop teams from beating them. They lost the last seven games of their season. Including a chance they were they were they had a chance to win an in against the Jags, and they pooped the bet on that one. Like I don't know, they 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 are definitely frauds because they. I think the reason that I called them frauds, they were seven and three, and everybody said that they were shoe in for the playoffs, and then they still lose out in a bad division, a division that was won by a nine and eight Jaguars team that was truly terrible the year before. I just don't, I don't see them uh, recovering. I don't think the quarterback is necessarily their problem. I think they need to fix just about everything else around the quarterback and maybe think about moving Tannehill or trying to sign somebody else, somebody new, somebody better, uh, or at least more um, less Kirk Cousins, more Jameis Winston. I'm going to keep going back, going back to Jameis because having somebody who can throw you at least into games instead of just out of them would be real nice. Honestly, I feel like they're if they can find a way to get Derek Carr and not lose like their soul in that trade, which I don't think that it would. It's not going to cost them that that much. Um, I do think that's that might get them to a decent place. Christian, I'm going to stay with you. The Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think this is going to be, I'll spoil it, but I think this is Kyle's frauds of the NFC. Because, <laughs> boy, were they an interesting team this year. <laughs> they were the king of one-score games. Uh, they won, like, all of them. They won that game against the Bills that ended in the most weird way in overtime. They, they, yeah, they just couldn't seem to be beaten 
when it was less than a score, um, they won all, like, it was like 11 games that they won that were one-score games. And then just get beat by the Giants in the playoffs. And it wasn't a fun-to-watch game. It was just kind of like, yeah, you got beat by Daniel Jones. Cool, guys. Your defense was historically bad this year. You know, going into the playoffs, the Minnesota Vikings, who went 13-4, and mind you, had a negative point differential. At 13-4, and they had a negative point differential. They gave up some of the most points in the NFL this year. And teams that gave up more points than them, uh, let's, let's go through the list. The Arizona Cardinals, the Chicago Bears. That's it. Those are the only two teams that gave up more points than they did. Teams they were tied with were the Indianapolis Colts. I believe there was one more, but I might be wrong about that. Oh, Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. Long story short, Minnesota sucks. Minnesota, like, no, Justin Jefferson is incredible. We will never, Dalvin Cook, great. Justin Jefferson is, is a god amongst men. I will never, ever say anything bad about that man. Even Kirk Cousins looked okay this year. Justin Jefferson is a god. But that defense needs to be ten times better. You cannot be tied for fourth worst in the NFL or third worst in the NFL for points against and expect to do anything anything in the playoffs. One-score games, you're 11-0. and 0, That is a, such a coin toss of a thing. They were frauds. They were absolute frauds. And I, I would like to hear Kyle's nomination of NFC frauds for them. But if I'm wrong, I would be shocked. Kyle, Kyle, are they the frauds? Kirk Cousins checked down fourth in game. <laughs> it's so true. In the playoffs. Yes, they're frauds. Are you kidding me? Um... They got the hilarious win over the Indianapolis Colts, which, again, was very telling of their season. Um, They went to, in again, again, they had a lot to play for in Week 17. They're still in a situation where they could be the top team in the NFC. You get a bye week, not have to play that wild card game at all. And they go to Green Bay and get their clocks cleaned by Green Bay. That Green Bay team, that one, put up 41 points on you. I like, only can wear my Rodgers jersey on this on this podcast because of that. I, um, I, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely set them on fire. Detro- they went to Detroit and, and got pretty handily beaten in that game. They beat, they they played down to competition throughout the year, and that includes the New York Giants in the playoffs. Um, Kirk Cousins is, put up his traditional empty stats and just like, <laughs> who cares because it just does not matter. 
because he checked down fourth in game. And no one's surprised they checked down fourth in game because it's just who he is. He has the best receiver in all of football who had 1,800 yards this season. And, you know, like, was still scared to throw to him in certain situations. It's... That's... Sad. They're not a good team. I mean, they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. The defense needs work, and the reality is is that if you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who's still not a bad receiver by any stretch of the imagination, um, you need a better quarterback, or at least a quarterback who's willing to take some risks and go after, the, like, and, you know, try to pull the trigger on these guys. I want to point out um, Nick Mullins, uh, who is Nick Mullins. Um, in the four games he played, he's never started the game. Through 21 for 25 for 224 yards, a touchdown and a pick, and nine yards per attempt. Wow. That's not a lot of passes. But it's it's, again, it's telling that they had, you know, Dalvin Cook is an excellent running back. They had um, m- multiple, like they had multiple solid receivers. KJ Osborne has sort of emerged as a, a very solid receiver, and TJ Hawkinson, when he played, looked like a, a good quality pass catching tight end. Um, Adam Thielen, again, I think there's still something left in that tank, and then what can be said about Justin Jefferson aside from wow, but it's like you need like, and I think they're probably just going to keep rolling things with Kirk Cousins until he proves like definitively that he can't do it, but you just can't have a quarterback on a team like this that is um, this talented uh especially offensively cuz you know you are right the defense is a real problem um but you need you need better than what you got out of this season from from Kirk Cousins uh, when you're on a team like this, where it's just like, so I'm just going to pull this up now so that I have it correctly, uh, just to be clear on what we're talking about. In terms of QBR this season, Kirk Cousins was 23rd. And that offense was still a top 10 offense in terms of points scored. He was behind Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Like guys that we're talking about who we don't really see that highly as quarterbacks. Um, again, it goes to show, yeah, he threw 4,500 yards. He had almost 30 touchdowns. But those stats are so empty because he's just not that guy when it comes to delivering the ball down the field. And... 
we can t- we can talk about it until we're red in the face. It's like you know, Kirk Cousins is exactly the type of quarterback that you are scared to replace because he's probably better than the guy that you're going to get to replace him. But this team is like he is just ultimately going to hold this offense back. And the reality is this is a team that needs to ball out on offense because that defense is not good. Kyle, I'm going to stay with you, the New York Giants. So this is another team I want to be, like, I want to be careful about the New York Giants. because They're I'm not, not gonna, frauds. They're not frauds because, well, and the reason they're not frauds is because we, like, they weren't supposed to be this good. So, like, they, and I know that's, you know, that's sort of the definition of fraud, but it's like, this this season ultimately looks like a bit of a success story because going into this season, we had no real thought that uh, things were going to get better. Now, the concerning thing is that the team is probably going to take what happened this season take a healthy season from Saquon Barkley, which is a rare occurrence. Take like good enough, I guess, play from Daniel Jones. Let's be clear. As a team, there's 17 touchdown passes this year. That's a real low number, y'all. 17? That's it, again, it goes to show how much Saquon Barkley really was this offense and how much, you know, this team relied on you know, some series of good fortune, other things of that nature. And, and the fact that Brian Dayball is absolutely that coach um, who seems to be able to get the best out of quarterbacks who maybe you know, there's going to be, there's some concerns about exactly how talented they are. I think there are things that you can point to in a positive direction. Dexter Lawrence looked like a very good um, rusher. And Kaylon Thibodeau uh, started to come on towards the end of the season as a solid, a solid defensive option. Um, I think that, I don't know that anybody emerged as a great receiver, but I think as a committee, they were okay. Uh, and it's hard to tell because, again, they've got Daniel Jones throwing to them. Um, but, but Daniel Jones showed off great running ability. They're finally letting him, like, show off his legs fully. I think they're going to come back into the next season, and hopefully they can get some pieces to continue to improve this team. The one thing is this, you know, and I think this division is still tough, so it's going to be very difficult in order to sustain this kind of uh, thing going forward. But I think they've got the right guy in charge of the team, so that's at least something. And also, I think, um, at the very least, Saquon is a beast. So that's something. Like, there, there's things that are, there's things you can take away as positive, certainly. Christian. The Giants. Um, I'm going to start with the negatives. Not usually what I like to do, but I got to start with the negatives here. Uh, first negative: do not, do not under any circumstances, New York Giants, please do not pay Daniel Jones. 
He doesn't deserve it. I'm sorry, Daniel. You don't deserve it. There were plays almost every week, if not every week, because I watched a lot of it. I've seen a lot of the film where there is a wide receiver who is clear in open space downfield, like at least five yards of space around him in almost every game, and Jones checks it down or throws an interception or an incomplete pass. He didn't throw a lot of interceptions this year. He only threw five, but doesn't throw the ball to a wide-open receiver who's 25 yards downfield because he doesn't trust his arm to do that. He'd rather use his legs or his checkdowns, and you know what? Fine, I guess, but, like, Saquon can't be the whole team because, yeah, he has a tendency to get injured. I think the reason he has a tendency to get injured is because he is that guy, but they didn't have the line to protect him. And that defense played pretty well this year. That line was good. Kayvon Thibodeau was awesome uh, towards the end of the year. Dexter Lawrence also just awesome. They were fantastic. They played well in the Vikings game. They got mollywhopped by the Eagles. Fittingly, because they weren't that good. Uh, I think Brian Dayball is coach of the year, in my mind, by far. Took a team that had the ability of a 5-12 and team and took them to the playoffs. Good job, man. Like, seriously, good job. And uh, on to the positives. As I said with the last thing, Dayball... Really fantastic. Did an amazing job coaching that team. Um, Saquon stayed healthy and played out of his mind this year. Was both a running and receiving threat. Um, That receiver by committee thing that the Giants did worked. They had a a solid tight end. They had... The the only thing I will say that the Giants made a big mistake on was uh, Kadarius Toney looks like a real one on the Chiefs now, and they gave him for nothing. Uh, And I know that he wasn't healthy, and he's still struggling with injuries and stuff like that as a Chief, but, like, that dude has some serious moves and some really good open field vision, and you give him up for nothing to the Chiefs when your boy Danny, Danny Dimes could really use somebody who gets open easily and eludes tacklers even more easily. Um, the Giants, I hope that they pick up some good stuff in the offseason. I hope they keep uh, continuing to build on this team. I hope that they might. Honestly, I wouldn't hate them draft some competition or trade for some competition for Daniel Jones and get some blocking support for Saquon uh, because this team looks like if they played the way they, they played this year or next year, I could see them back in the playoffs. And that would be a very exciting thing to see because I like when the New York Giants are, are good. It reminds me of my younger days. It reminds me of the helmet catch. And it reminds me of the Mario Manningham in the basket drop by Eli Manning pass. Uh, like, it's a, they're a solid team. They're a good team this year. Or they were a good team this year. I am glad that they were the exposers of the true frauds that the Minnesota Vikings were. Uh, and great job overall by Brian Dable. Uh, I just hope it can can continue next year. <clears throat> Moving into the next team, Christian, I'll stay with you. My Jacksonville Jaguars. Sunshine oh. pulled out. 
he he pulled out, he showed up, and Urban Meyer's uh, disaster of a team that was last season uh, made some improvements. You know, I know I haven't been on in a in a full season. I understand that. I get it. I understand why. Um, I believe I was I was punished by the sports report administrators uh, for making so much fun of the idea that Urban Meyer had to make Tim Tebow a tight end. I believe that I was punished by the administrators for making fun of Trevor Lawrence and the Khan family. I know it's an AEW supporting organization as well. <laughs> and uh, for this, I deeply apologize. Trevor Lawrence is a real one. Uh, ATN, Travis ATN in the backfield is a real one. That offense can play. That defense was balling out. They had a rough start, two and six. Not great, guys. But I apologize. You guys went nine and eight on the year. I apologize. The game where I was like, oh no, the Jags are real. And I know this opponent that they were facing was not good, but when they beat the Jets, I was like, well, I guess I got to eat all my words from this season or from last season. The Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence has proven he's proven that he is a stud and that he's a quarterback to stay, whether it's on the Jags or not, is to be determined. But uh, I like the Jags going forward. I think that they are doing a good. Doug Peterson did a good job with Trevor Lawrence this year. I think he struggled last year a lot, and into this year he was really having a hard time. But I just remember watching all these post-game interviews with their different players and things like that, and all of them saying that it's amazing that Trevor's doing this well this year because he didn't have a rookie year, because Urban Meyer took that away from him, didn't coach him, didn't do anything. And all of these guys are coming out and saying that, and I'm like, you know what, I can't make fun of these guys anymore because they just proved themselves to be, even if they are, it's a flash in the pan this year, I apologize because, honestly, incredible work by the whole organization to turn that around in one year. Incredible work. And I hope that Trevor Lawrence stays on the course and gets better and better and better because throwing four picks in a playoff game his first time out was painful in the first two quarters, and then he just balled out for the rest of the game. And I know it was against the Chargers, and the Chargers are going to charge her. But at the same time, like, good on you, boys. I can't criticize you this time around. We'll see what happens next sports report when I'm on. But, like, good on you, boys. I have nothing but respect. Kyle, do you have the same respect? Listen, mine was forced respect, you have to remember, because I did clown them for like two full years. Anyways, Kyle. Same respect. Uh, like Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this point. They had they had no choice. Like they had to win every single one of those last five games of the season to make it in. The only team of note in that those series of games that was really any good was the Cowboys, and they beat the Cowboys in overtime. That's still a, still an impressive win, but it's like they they got laid out that week before against against Detroit, 
And so the reality is that Cowboys win was their signature win this season. Um, and I, I hate to be that guy, but I think that includes the Chargers in the playoffs. Um, as far as though that, I think that's the end of the negatives. I would say I like there's you know things that they need to address. There's there's certainly holes um, in the team. But it seems to be, and again, Trevor Lawrence had a good finish to the year, but we need, like, we can't forget the start to the year that he had to. So hopefully that that we're, like, past that point, he's able to push forward as this new Trevor Lawrence, because it's exciting to see him play, and it's exciting to see the Jaguars actually have hope for a quarterback, um, because... And, you know, have that hope actually pay out into something because uh, I remember the the Blaine Gabbert years. And, of course, um, if I uh, may go back to my love of the good place, Blake Bortles is probably no more notable for that. His references on that show than he is as his, his quarterbacking career. But, and Travis Etienne. Very solid running back. Uh, appears to be like a, a real deal running back that they can plug in and and sort of go with. And James Robinson certainly not a bad one. Uh, as a <clears throat> uh, didn't certainly not have did not have a bad season either. Um, Christian Kirk emerged as like a legitimate solid receiver, and who knew? You know, he was sort of um, wasting away in Arizona. Um, and of course, my man, good Josh Allen, with another consistent season. Um, it, at this point, a long running, uh, not longer, no longer really making sense uh, joke um, of the draft. And they they had a few guys who had like four guys with three interceptions this season. Like there are things to feel positive about about this Jaguars team. And perhaps the biggest thing is. Despite the fact that I do think the AFC South bottomed out this season, I don't think they're going to be worse than they were next season. I did have a lot of positive things to say going forward about the Colts or the Titans when we talked about them, and we still have yet to talk about the worst team in that division. So, like, <clears throat> are we in a position where we're saying the Jags might be the safest pick in, in like to win the division next season? I don't know if we're qu I'm quite ready to go to that place, but like we're there in a good spot, which is rare for their franchise. They've got an adult in charge in Doug Peterson, which is you know maybe the nicest thing I can say I have to say about him. But frankly, that's nicer than I would say about a lot of the coaches. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Jags positivity, why not? Now, is that going to get you to more than – or is that going to get you to the next level? No. The next level is going to require um, a bit more rounding out of this team, hopefully picking up uh, a, a real – like a true number one receiver, a couple more pieces for this defense. More line is never a bad thing. And, um, and watching Trevor Lawrence – he does have a, the next step that he has to take because again, some great performances, but this ultimately was not a great season, but a very good one. And admittedly after last season, very good is maybe just what you needed right now.
Kyle, I'm going to stay with you. New York Jets. I'm not going to call the New York Jets frauds because we should not have believed in them in the beginning with. They are that's who we given. thought they that's were. That's not that's the, not the on best. I remember I mean, the Jets the got out of their, their their franchise was the Mark Wahlberg movie. So I remember um at the point where the Jets had just come off the win over the Bears, they were seven and four. I was having a conversation uh, with my friend John about uh, the franchises in the league that are like absolute fail franchises, and will take time. It will take time for them to dig out of being fail franchises. And I included the Jets at seven and four as being a fail franchise, and he said that that was unfair to, of me to do uh, to the Jets. And maybe so, but boy, did I prove to be right. I want to point out, the New York Jets uh, lost six games in a row to finish the season. In their last three games, they combined to score 15 points. Like... Yeah, they didn't score a touchdown. No. (sighs) Like... There's a lot of things that are really broken about this team, not the least of which their best quarterback might be Mike White. It's not a good sign, y'all. Um like the name I've never heard. So let's get let's so the positives for the Jets are that this defense is real good. C.J. Mosley came back from injury and looked every bit as good as, as he we've sort of come to expect from C.J. Mosley. Um, Sauce Gardner looks a, like a legit, legitimate um, cornerback, and his uh, opposite or the the other cornerbacks in this yeah, his opposite D.J. Reed, another solid corner as well. They've got some solid players all around the defense. Quinn and Williams looks like a beast. And even Carl Lawson came out and had a pretty good season, too. Like, there's a lot of, of positives that you can take from this defense that ended up being very good. Fourth in the league in points against. Really solid at, um, especially in the, at least in the beginning of the season, were really, really impressive at, at, at containing the pass. Um, didn't really allow a lot of teams to have big passing games. I think the high for passing yards against them this season was 261 against, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that's the team that's going to pass against you. Um, that's that's a good season. And, you know, got got some good defense. Did a good job in that front. But, like, a lot of positive things. 
I was saying, ultimately, that's a lot of positive things to say um, when we're talking about, you know, Brees Hall is, is going to be, you know, coming back, is going to be a monster. Um, I Hopefully, uh, you know, you always have to wonder with those injuries, especially the running backs, but like... Zach Wilson seems to be not having a, you know, like, he's struggling mightily. In nine games, he was sacked 23 times. He had a QBR of 36.4, which is abysmal. And probably most uh, concerning of all, that locker room really seems to hate him. <laughs> and, like, I don't want to be this guy. As uh, it's not just me saying this, but like part of being a backup quarterback, which might ultimately be what Zach, what the best that Zach Wilson can expect, is that people have to like you for you to get those roles. And we're in a position now where the Jets aren't picking two, three, four in the draft; they're picking thirteenth. So unless you're expecting to trade up and probably give up a bunch of draft capital that you really kind of need to get a quarterback, you might just have to go with something here or maybe trade something in. It's it's an unfortunate circumstance. What I sincerely hope for the Jets is that they don't try to do the Jets thing, which is to try to make a splashy decision so that they can win the media conference in in June uh, or in May or whenever they're happen to do it. Uh, they can win the press conference and say that, like, oh, we're fixing the team. You're building the pieces. You kind of got to stay the course with that. And unfortunately, that might just mean um, – maybe signing a stopgap quarterback if you're not believing in Zach Wilson uh, or letting Zach Wilson compete with, uh, like, a legitimate veteran. Um, Joe Flacco is still out here. Starting, he started four games this year. Uh, no, stop that. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, like, uh, the the thing, just looking at this season for the Jets, is that, they won some games and there was some positive things. They beat the Bills. Like they beat the Dolphins. They showed some ability to play some decent football against some decent teams. And then they unraveled in a very Jetsian way and could not figure out how to score. And ultimately that's that's your off season is try to address that as best as possible without sacrificing this future that you're building. Because a lot of the guys that I talked about praising Brees Hall, you know, that was his rookie season. Uh, Sauce Gardner is very young. Like all these guys are aside from CJ Mosley, very, very young players. Like you can get a lot more out of this, out of this core, but you're going to have to be patient. And unfortunately that has just never been, Christian. I'm not, sh- I'm not oh, sure how much you got out of that, but yeah. I, I think I got it all, or most of okay, it. Okay, cool. Um, Christian, the Jets. Okay, I'm just going to 
I need to I need to throw this stat out there. November twentieth, twenty twenty two. A Zach Wilson led offense against the New England Patriots. Put up two yards in the second half of that game. They lost 10-3. Two yards in the second half. And that was the game that for and ever lost Zach Wilson any sort of uh, locker room uh, backing that he ever could have had. Because asked if he let the defense down, his snap answer was no. I, as a not even New York Jets fan, got angry at that. Mike White comes in the next week and trounces my Bears. In fairness to Zach Wilson, it was the Bears. (laughs) Sure. I get it. This is the Bears after they'd sold the entire team, too. But, like, you've got to be kidding me. Two yards of offense. They couldn't stumble into gaining yards. They struggled the whole year on offense, and they had – you know, I, I, I am sad Brees Hall tore his ACL. That sucks. And I hope that he comes back, and I hope he, he has a speedy recovery, and I hope he has, like, you know, an Adrian Peterson-like return to football because Brees Hall was a shining star on this team as a rookie running back. He was awesome. His burst, his power, amazing. I'm also hoping that Elijah Vera Tucker comes back on their line because he was their best blocker and he got hurt pretty badly and was out for the rest of the season. And I'm hoping that he comes back and is strong and has like a good, because again, Jets were fun when they were playing well. I loved Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head in Green Bay after they beat them on the road. Um... And that's the kind of stuff that I am here for. Sauce, by the way, looks like a mix between rookie Marshawn Lattimore and, like, in his prime Champ Bailey in terms of the way that he covers. He doesn't get a lot of picks. He got a couple on the season, few on the season, but he locked players down. You couldn't get the ball past him. He has amazing no-look defense. He's screening people's eyes without committing P.I. He's tipping balls out of the way with just flailing arms. He's doing things where he's covering people so well that you can't throw the ball to him or his side. It was awesome. I think his passer rating allowed on the year was less than 70. Passer rating, not QBR, which is uh, like a, out of 100. Passer rating, which is out of 158.3. Sauce Gardner was the sauce on defense. It was awesome. Quinn and Williams was a monster on the line. They have a extremely an extremely high caliber defense. And then they had... 
the saddest, most pathetic quarterbacking situation I've seen. Garrett Wilson looked like an all-star on, yeah, as a receiver. Brees Hall hopefully comes back healthy, and when they, you know, was an all-star running back for the first few weeks of the season. Their line, their offensive line didn't look too bad until Elijah Barry Tucker goes down, and then they kind of lost a lot of uh, a lot of blindside blocking. But, like, that quarterback situation looked bad from Flacco to Flacco because he both started and ended the year for them. Um, but Flacco, then Wilson, then White, then Wilson, then White, then Flacco. That was their their quarterback the quarterbacking situation for the entire year. It was. I don't think there was a. I can't think of a worse quarterbacking situation aside from maybe the Tennessee Titans the entire year. They were terrible. Christian, I'm going to stay with you. The Detroit Lions. Man, I the Detroit Lions are. Are I don't even know how to talk about them. They're very strange to me because Detroit is again. I think I'm I'm a I'm I like the uh, the perpetually bad teams. I like when they have like spurts of good play and positive outcomes for themselves. I like that. That's fun for me. That it's exciting to to kind of strike parity in the league where where. Any team can beat any team, and you know it at any time. And I know that NFLers always say that, but it's not really true. And then we look at Detroit this year, and, you know, Jared Goff. Man, Jared Goff starting the year. Detroit looked rough. Then they then they started to look a little dangerous. Alan Ross St. Brown, Pro Bowl wide receiver, in my opinion. I don't think he made it. I actually don't know. I should check that. But Amon Ross St. Brown was nasty. They had solid defense. Jared Goff. Very, very, I would say, in the top half of quarterbacks this year, at least, if not top 10, at least stats-wise, like he played well down the stretch. And... Dan Campbell is the coach, man. I remember his first presser as a head coach telling people that you're going to get kicked down and they're going to bite off your, your feet and then your kneecaps and crazy talk like that. And Dan Campbell pulled that team together and they went eight and nine. And props to that, they played well, especially through midseason, like midseason and after. They played well. They were in contention for a playoff spot. They got eliminated in week 17, and then they went out and eliminated the Green Bay Packers. Insanely strong finish to that season, and honestly, it was always good football. I don't think the Lions like played... They played up to a lot of teams that were better than them. And um, they made every game, like, good contention. It was fun to watch. Amon Ra looked unreal as a wideout for that Detroit team. And I'm excited to see them next year, honestly. Like, I want to see what happens next. 
Kyle, Detroit Rock City. Okay. We'll start with the negatives. This defense is a mess. Yep. Should have mentioned that. It's real bad. And it is something they're going to need to fix. They gave up. Like a big reason why they were losing games is that they were giving up points on top of points. And, you know, they only held their opponents to under 20 points, I think, four times. Five times? Oh, no, the Packers. Boy, the Packers really choked that out. Um, but... Um, there's a lot of positives to take from this season. Um, Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns. This is just kind of hilarious. Um, I don't. I'm not even sure he is their best running back because DeAndre Smith might or DeAndre Swift might just be that guy. Jared Goff had a, a very good season, um, which you know that's a big positive because. Uh, if nothing else, they can maybe, like, turn him into another asset going forward if they want to do that. Or at very least, they don't have to rush and get a new quarterback that can hold down the fort and, and address some other uh, needs. Uh, as you mentioned, um, Ra looks like he's a very, very good receiver, and they've got other pieces in the receiving core that are not bad. DJ Chark uh, got a little bit hurt. TJ, um, they ended up losing TJ. They traded him. But, like, there are pieces here. They're building an offensive line, which is starting to get better. Like, Jared Goff is notorious for taking sacks, and he only took 23 this year, which is, you know, sign of things moving in the right direction. difficult, but um, it's going to be difficult for the Detroit Lions to address their needs on defense, but thanks to the Los Angeles Rams, they do have the sixth overall pick this year, so that can get you a pretty good defensive player for sure. Kyle, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers had a very similar season to the Detroit Lions. Um, strong start, or no, a strong finish after a terrible start. Um, won some very po- got some very positive wins uh, towards the end of their season had to make do with a lack of pieces, but still managed to pull out some good things. But they came into this season with real expectations, and it did not go well. Aaron Jones had a very, very good season. Um, Jair Alexander still looks like he's a very excellent 
corner. I am out of positives. <laughs> I feel lucky to have gotten the two. Matt Lafleur ain't it. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's at the end of his of his rope. They t- do not seem like they're very confident in Jordan Love, but we'll see. I think he might be the guy going forward. I mean, I guess, like, the reality is you keep Aaron Rodgers if he wants to come back, but who even knows? Um, the receiving core has just always been bad, and it got worse. Their best receiver is Alan Lazard, and, like, no disrespect, but you got to do better than that. And then, like Aaron Rodgers will is going to blame anyone who's not Aaron Rodgers, and there's there are problems with that certainly, but like I can't disagree that at the very least this team was horribly mismanaged, and any and the reality is that. Matt LaFleur's on the hot seat, and I don't see how this can get better because there just doesn't seem to be any positives to take away. They need... The needs are so high in Green Bay. And they need a lot, and they don't have it. So, oh, it looks like it's going to be a long, long time before we get to, I think I think we're in the place now with Green Bay where I think it's going to start to backslide. Christian, Green Bay. Um... God, this team. I mean, Kyle missed one positive for them. Kyle missed one positive for them. That they got uh, one of the best names retired in their uniform in the NFL. It is official as of midseason, Hot Clinton Dix retired as a Green Bay Packer. So that is a positive because you have just like up there of all-time names. Not all-time players, but all-time names for sure. Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Thank you for having such a great name. But, yeah, I think, hi, Green Bay. Welcome to mediocrity. Mediocrity seems optimistic. I, You know what? I wasn't going to try to break it to them that hard because I'm a Bears fan, Kyle, and I just can't trust what I don't say about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh, they'll but, still beat the Bears twice a year, but like aside from that, it's going to be really, really tough for them. <laughs> you know, he owns Kyle's me. Ruthless. He still owns me. <laughs> He's always owned me. He's going to retire and own you. I know. Um, I will say one one more positive thing about the Green Bay Packers in all seriousness is that Christian Watson, uh, despite having some real slick hands at the start of the year, did come up with a few good games and looks like he could be a good at least number two option, if not a number one option, if he can get – some of those drop problems under control. He had a couple of really good breakout games, really good uh, moves and some good speed, uh, and uh, catches well over the middle. 
So, like, that's one receiver-ish problem down. But I think as a number two, he'd be better than number one. Aside from that, yeah, Jair Alexander looks like a good corner. Um, and, and yeah, I, I – there ain't a lot else that's looking positive about Green Bay. Rodgers looks like he's – if he's not gone, I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're paying him a lot of money to – be unhappy there. They're they poorly managed the team. They're probably not going to pick up a lot of stuff for the offense or the defense with what they have in terms of cap space and, and trade assets. So hopefully they draft well. Um, I think they're going to be, yeah, again, like welcome to mediocrity, but I, I think that they're under 500, season they will get back there eventually i'm sure but i think they're under 500 season the season start this year and continue on for the next few granted uh, this is also my hope because i am a bears fan so christian normally i'd start with you for this next team but kyle it is your team the raiders the las vegas raiders talk to me about this team And well, we must speak again. <laughs> a fraud? Ballad of the Las Vegas Raiders. No. Because <laughs> as soon as they decided to get rid of Rich Passaccia and replace him with Josh McDaniels, there had no hope. Any hope that was there was now gone. And at two and seven... I was excited to see the Las Vegas Raiders tank out this season and get themselves a really nice draft pick and build towards the future, a future that sadly is not going to include Derek Carr. But then they had to go win three in a row. Thanks, Chargers. Thanks, Seahawks. It's not like you guys are trying to like compete in the playoffs or anything like that. Thanks, Patriots literally giving the, the Raiders the ball to win that football game, just handing it to them. Here, you take it. Knock me over and win. It's what I deserve. Um, that do doe thing that Kansas City did at the end <laughs> of the season. Ring around the rosy for the win, baby. Uh, before a <laughs> touchdown was everything you need to know about this Raiders season. Let's like, here's the problem. All of the positives for this Raiders season come with a grain of salt. Um, Derek Carr had like an okay season. He's not going to be around anymore. They started Jared Stidham the end of the season. So that's ultimately the sign that that's, that's over. Um, Josh Jacobs had a monster year. 340 carries for 1,653 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's 4.9 yards per carry. That is a great, great season. I don't know if he's going to be sticking around because I'm not sure they want to sign him long-term. Darren Waller regressed and then got hurt. 
Devontae Adams had also very quietly 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns through the air. Devontae Adams is absolutely that guy. Who's going to be throwing to him next year? The defense still has its problems. There was some signs of improvement, but then it like really unraveled. Um, Max Crosby, at very least, looks like he's a very, very good pass rusher. But aside from that, we got and the was well, like the last hurrah we could possibly get out of Chandler Jones. The secondary is real bad, and the linebacking core remains abysmal and has for years. Um, all names team uh, competitor Divine Diablo aside. <clears throat> Um, that's an all names. That's an all names winner right there. The this team was awful this season, and they managed to string a few wins together to start to make things look competitive. But if if um, Josh McDaniels is not starting next season on the hottest of hot seats, uh, we've got some big big problems, and I'm worried that he's not. So this is where we're at, is it looks like it's going to be tough sledding for the Raiders going forward. And the reality is, it's an unfortunate situation that happens over and over again. Rich Passaccia seemed to be that guy, dragged that team to the playoffs last season. And for his efforts, he got fired and was a special teams coordinator this year. Well, congrats, guys. And now there's rumors of we're going to be reuniting Josh McDaniels with Tom Brady. Excuse me while I vomit up my lunch. This team sucked this year. <laughs> you know what? It, with you two uh, doing the football show, it makes me feel so nice to love a winning team. <laughs> uh, and and you both all, and you both have known me long enough to know I'm not a bandwagon jumper, and the Chiefs have always been my team. But uh, it's so nice to live in this era, Christian. <laughs> the Raiders. Okay, sorry. What was their name, Rylan? The Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, the Fraud Vegas Raiders. Oh, oh. By fraud of the year, Fraud Vegas Raiders. Uh, I would like to address one thing before I start on this little bit of a rant. Um, Kyle, it's not lunchtime yet. It's morning. You vomited up to breakfast. Just so you know. <laughs> I vomited up last more. night's lunch. That's that's how bad. That's how like <laughs> deep in the pit of my stomach. We we are removing things when it comes to this team. Oh man, um, fraud Vegas Raiders. Their coach fraud. Their owner fraud. Their relocation. Their attitude around their fan base fraud. Fraud. Real ones on that team. Uh, Devontae Adams, great. Was great. Josh Jacobs, fantastic. I will even say it, Derek Carr, uh, I would like to point out, was just named for the Pro Bowl. Which is for the, very telling of the Pro Bowl, less so his season. Yeah, I understand. But fourth, four-time Pro Bowler Derek Carr, thank you. Um, he's going to be the coach. He's gonna be quarterback for the Jets next year, and I'm going to throw that up again. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Pro Bowl is a fraud because the the next quarterback or his his backup in the AFC is uh, uh, Tyler Hundley. So 
<laughs> Pro Bowl's a fraud, too. The bonus fraud, Pro Bowl. Um, but the Raiders came in this season and just... I remember getting reviewed by somebody doing a music thing um, once. Uh, I have just a quick anecdote here. Is I remember getting this, this adjudication from a music competition that I was in. And it was talking about how, uh, you know, piano solo started this jazz piece was really good. And then I remember seeing the adjudication page five times underlined and in all capital letters. This is the Raiders season this season fumble. They were six and 11. With. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones coming at you. Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Skill positions that you need. Their defense was Swiss cheese on good days. They were bad from the start. Two and seven, they win those three games. And then they're still bad. They get ring around the rosied by the Chiefs. Absolutely embarrassed. All season, just bad. And we're calling, you know, people around the NFL and even the Raiders themselves calling themselves a playoff team, thinking they'd be a contender. They we're bad. Their coach is terrible. Josh McDaniels is coming back. He didn't get fired because I don't think that they can afford to fire him. The team is a team of frauds. I hope Tom Brady joins the Raiders. I think he'll be on the 49ers, but I hope he joins the Raiders so that we can just watch the shriveling end of that franchise. No, not the franchise, but his career just sadly go kaput on a fraud team with a fraud coach and a fraud offense and defense. I just, they are my frauds of the year. I hope that they're better next year because I do, again, I also, I like teams doing, um, even though I know the bears won't do well. I know that if the Raiders do well, Kyle gloat, but that I can take for a year, but for this year, they are my frauds of the year. And uh, I think that that is a well-deserved title for them. Speaking of uh, uh, frauds of the year, the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl last year. And here we are talking about them. Christian, I'll let you start. Uh, I wouldn't even call them frauds of the year. Injuries got them so, so thoroughly this year. Uh, For the first time in his career, Aaron Donald missed a game. Because And he missed a lot of games. Cooper Cup missed games. Matthew Stafford missed games. Sure, they started out badly to the, the Bills, but the Bills were stacked this year, and they came out strong and blew the doors off the Rams. And then the Rams just kept getting hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. They lost O-linemen. They lost D-linemen. They lost everything and anything they could have called a receiving core. They fell to the injury bug, I think, worse than anybody to the point where 
on a Tuesday, they signed Baker Mayfield. And then he comes in and beats the Ravens. But, like, he had a few days of practice, not even practice, he had walkthroughs to to get an idea of what the team was going to be doing. And then they got another injury at quarterback, which tossed them into a situation playing Baker Mayfield, who doesn't know the playbook. Like, that team, I think, was the team bitten worst by the injury bug. And it sucks. Um, I don't think they're frauds. I just think that they had some bad luck and some playoff hangover. I think that next season they'll be fighting for the uh, NFC West and are going to be fine. I hope that uh, Sean McVay doesn't bail for TV in the next few years because I do want to see what he does as he, you know, turns into a seventh or eighth year coach or 10th year coach because he's young and he's really good at designing things uh, offensively uh, and has at least now a viable understanding of defensive things, has good coordinators, always hires well, is a pretty good coach. And I think the Rams will come back from this. And also, honestly, they sold out last year to get that ring. I don't think they need anything this year. I think they're okay with losing a lot of games and just trying to regroup. I know it sucks for their draft because they had to sell their draft picks together, but they got the ring, and that's more than 31 other teams can say from last year. Kyle, the Rams. The Rams also had the issue where their first pick in the draft this last year was 104th. There was no help coming, and when and when things started to unravel, there was no way to save it. And that's ultimately that's ultimately the thing for the Rams is like once things started to go bad in terms of injuries, there wasn't any saving it because there's no way to to undo it. And let's be clear, he might have been hurt a bit too, but Matt Stafford had a bad season this year, and. Like, it's easy to forget all the players that made this team really good last year. And part, like, part of it was Matt Stafford was had a, a much better season, though he still was like the same gunslinger Matt Stafford, throw those picks because whatever. Um guy last year and this year it it was a serious problem like obviously you're talking about an Aaron Donald who was reduced to not being able to play the same level of of play that that he was the, the season before but like they lost a lot of defensive pieces and they tried to replace them and it didn't you know quite go the way they wanted to and even some guys played well. Jalen Ramsey had a pretty good season. Uh, Leonard Floyd had a very good season. Um, Bobby Wagner had 140 tackles as he Keep continues to be a, a tackle, tackle machine. But like, Hold on. Bobby Wagner had 141 tackles because I will count that big hit he put on a protester that ran onto the field. Um, but, like, aside from a hilarious beatdown of the Denver Broncos towards the end of the season. 
this season was just an absolute bust. They beat nobody of consequence. Their wins were against the Broncos, the Raiders, the Panthers, the four, um, the Cardinals, and the Falcons. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know much about football, but I know th- those wins don't mean much. Um, which means that, like, cause they're, I, that's not, none of, oh, it's the Cardinals, fortunately, are in their division, so they got one win in their division, but, like, no, they took beating after beating from a, from anybody who had any sort of real, who was any sort of real team. They, they lost close games, they lost, like, games that weren't really close they just sort of got laid out this season. And you're asking me to get excited about next season for the Rams? Because I really can't, lest we forget, they don't have their first round pick this year either. That belongs to the Detroit Lions. That was sixth. Um, flags fly forever, but you're paying for this one for a little bit at the very least. Kyle, I'll start with you with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, this is a hard one. The, there are two teams that I think, like, I can't make heads or tails of their season. This is one of them, and Baltimore's the other. Um, this season ultimately comes down to positive because they didn't have any expectations. They ended up getting the fifth overall pick and it wasn't even their own pick. They won nine games which they weren't necessarily expecting. Geno Smith might actually be a decent quarterback. Don't look now, but I think I called that too. Um, They've got some pieces that look okay. Uh, Rashad Penny before he got hurt too bad because I think he ended up retiring, but like yeah, Look, look really good. Uh, DK Metcalf r- remains a very impressive receiver. Tyler Lockett quietly puts up a thousand yard seasons over and over. Um, so they've had pieces there, and then despite losing some pieces on defense, the defense wasn't good, but it was good enough that they were able to survive. And they had some good players on it. Quandre Diggs. Um, had four picks this season. Tariq Woolen uh, had six. He looked like a, a very, very solid corner. Um, Nwosu, uh, um as a linebacker, had nine and a half sacks. They had a couple guys have just a monster amount of tackles. Uh, Jordan Brooks had 161, because that's just how that defense sort of runs, is just, the middle guy is just going to get, the middle guys are just going to get a ton of tackles. But, like, there's positives to take away from this. I don't know how much better they can get, but, you know, like, ultimately, you got to feel pretty good about this season. And now you wait and see what you can build for the future. Are you going to keep Geno Smith? Maybe try to use that fifth overall pick to get a quarterback in the future. Um, maybe use it to build on this the success and get, like, a marquee player on that defense and trying to make it better. Like, there's a lot of options that you've got, and I think Seahawks fans get to be excited. And once more for the back, Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Christian, the Seahawks. 
What a shocker. Uh, I don't have much more to say than Kyle already said, but I will mention one name um, that Kyle did not mention, uh, and it is their backup to Rashad Penny at the start of the year, Kenneth Walker III. That rookie had a season. Tariq Woolen also had a season. Those guys were good. They were strong assets to the team. Geno Smith really rose above what people gave him credit for, and he did seem like he was better than the Jets and Giants gave him credit for. He played well. He played really well, actually. Um, So kudos to him. Uh, Again, you can't say enough about uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, The only thing I will say is Starbucks, you got to give DK Metcalf a coffee deal. Uh, because you're missing out on another all like you're missing out on a brand name endorsement for decaf Metcalf. Like, come on, you're you're missing it. Come on, Starbucks, pick it up. You're in Seattle. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, like Seahawks had a season. They really played. They played well when they needed to. They didn't play as well when they didn't need to or against like they played down sometimes to competition or maybe played at the level that we thought that they were going to be at against competition that was similarly leveled but like they won a lot of good games they played strong they made the playoffs yeah they got one done but like you can't can't blame them for for giving it the old college try like they they put up numbers they did things well they had Again, you know, some standout performances by players young and old. And kudos to them for really sticking with it. Pete Carroll might be the oldest coach in the NFL right now, but he still knows what he's doing. Christian, I'm going to stick with you to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, we got to say it up front. Mike Tomlin is a shiny golden god. To maintain after the start to this season, to maintain his winning record or his non-losing record seasons, he has had never had a losing record in a season. And it is incredible that um, he has managed to keep that team above or at or above 500 uh, at the end of the season since 2007. Two thousand seven is when he started as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and he has not had a losing season that entire time. Kenny Pickett really struggled the start of the year had a hard time. T.J. Watt going out and coming back in the last few games of the season really hurt that team, but they stuck with it. They didn't put up a lot of offensive numbers, but they sure did play well on defense. Micah Fitzpatrick, same thing, struggled the start of the season, got better and better and better towards the end. They showed a lot. George Pickens on offense. That wide receiver has hands like nobody's business. He has stick him on his hands, it seems. He catches so much and drops so little. As a rookie, he played outstanding. It is wonderful to see this team, despite having such low expectations at the start of the year, really come out and show 
that they can still, because of their coaching, because of their defense, hang with the best of them. I know they didn't make the playoffs. That was a bit of a numbers game at the end there. They were very close. But 9-8, and eight, congratulations, Pittsburgh, for playing out of your minds to be above 500 to save Coach Tomlin's shameless, absolutely immaculate since 2007. So that's 15 seasons. Since 2007, non-losing record seasons for 15 straight seasons. Absolutely incredible. Ghost Dealers, they have a lot of flaws, a lot of weaknesses still. I don't really want to talk about that because I'm still obsessed with this Tomlin thing. But, like, they played way above and beyond expectations. Kyle, the Steelers. This team sucked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. I don't know what. Like, mm, okay. They ended up getting those wins. There are some pieces on defense that had good seasons and ended up pulling up uh, what was ultimately a pretty good defensive performance, despite the fact they lost T.J. Watt, who was an absolute star. Alex Highsmith, Alex Highsmith, Cameron Hayward, um, <clears throat> Miles Jack, Mika Fitzpatrick, obviously, um, Levi Wallace. They had a lot of players who had very good seasons on this defense. <laughs> This offense was real bad. Some pieces started to put some stuff together, but Najee Harris had a season where it looks like we're starting to wonder if he is actually the guy that we want to going forward as the starting running back because those numbers did not look particularly good. Um, They obviously, yeah, I agree that... Some receiver pieces started to put some stuff together. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson looked okay, or looked, you know, pretty good. Kenny Pickett looked like a rookie. Um, He had that kind of a rookie season. I want to be clear about this. Aside from the Bengals, who they opened, who they opened the season beating in an overtime game, they beat, in order, the Bucks, the Saints, the Colts, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Browns. Congratulations, you swept the NFC South. I'm not impressed by that. And aside from the Ravens, who at that point were putting out me as their quarterback... <laughs> Like, none of those wins are impressive. And, like, you know, look at the scores, too. Like, they beat the Raiders 13-10. They beat the Falcons 19-6. Go back to the earlier parts of the season. You want to see how they played against real teams. Buffalo beat them 38-3, and Philly beat them 35-13. And I don't think those games were even that close. Like... They got the nine wins they needed to keep Mike Tomlin's shining record alive, and yet I'm not positive he's going to survive the whole of next season. The reality about this team is that there's pieces on defense that look good, but the injuries are starting to pile up for a lot of them. A lot of those guys have got some city miles on them, and... 
between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, they do not have a quarterback right now. Maybe we can say Kenny Pickett started to pull it together towards the end of the season. And if you want to try to hold out hope for that, that's fine. But, like, oh, boy. Next season, they're not going to – I'm actually going to look this up because I am actually curious um, which division they're getting uh, next season to see what their schedule looks like. Um. Oh, good. Um. Yeah. So this year they got the NFC South. Uh, next year they're going to get the NFC West. All right. Sorry, Tomlin's record. Fifteen years was great. <laughs> you did great. We all appreciate it. Uh, oh, the NFC West and and the and the Packers. So like, uh, like. There's some hope, some reason for some optimism, I guess, but it's like the big thing is going to be can Kenny pick, can Najee Harris right the ship? Can the receivers take the next step? And can Kenny Pickett actually prove himself to any level of consistency as a quarterback? And if the answer to those questions aren't yes, it might be some down years. It might be some lean years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Houston Texans, we're in our final two, guys. Do we need to actually talk about this team? <laughs> um, the Houston Texans were an irrelevant franchise for the entirety of this season. Um, their wins, or their their wins this year, uh, came late in the year against the Titans. And in hilarious fashion, beating the Colts to ruin their tank. Um, they beat the Jags early on, and they tied the Colts. La-di-da. Um, this team looked awful. It is one of the worst football teams we have ever tried to put to field. And Lovey Smith, God help him, did everything he did could to get them to play like somewhat competitive football. Um, Jalen Peacher um, hit five interceptions this season, but most telling as a defensive back, so that's impressive, but most telling for him, he had 147 tackles. That means maybe he was pressing up on some of them. He did have five tackles for a loss. But that means somebody was getting to him where he had to be the guy to stop them 104 or uh, 99 solo tackles. So almost 100 times he was out there on his own having to stop somebody. Like, the Texans were a tire fire. And Davis Mills, I think they tried to have some positive hope with him. It's hard to even tell if he's any good because, like, this again, the team is awful. But you, this team is broken. they got to start building things from the ground up. Fortunately, this is a draft that has more than one quarterback prospect, so maybe you start by getting a quarterback in that with that first pick. And you do have the 12th pick as well because of the, of the Browns. <laughs> Browns. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, they need everything because – of the people they left in charge before. They deserve every bit of this. And good luck to Miko Ryans because you have your work cut out for you and I do not envy you at all. 
Christian, the Texans. Kyle basically covered it all. I'm going to go a different route with this. I'm going to talk about Levy Smith. Levy, we knew you was a real one as a Bears fan. We knew it. We knew it. You gunslinger, you called those plays. You made sure to go for two on that last touchdown to make sure that the Texans won because you knew you were getting canned at the end of that game. And that moved the Houston Texans out of the first draft position and gave it to the Chicago Bears. He was the Bears head coach for years. About a decade ago, color, yeah, like 10, 15 years ago, was the Bears head coach for years and was really, really, really good in that position. He brought them to a Super Bowl. He did. He did. He was in the, to, yeah, 2004. He was a uh, Super Bowl uh, head coach. He, they lost to Peyton Manning and uh, the Colts, but terrible. Game, Lovey, huh? Yeah. It was the mud bowl of mud bowls and just a sad time. But Lovey Smith, I knew you were still a bear deep down on the inside. I know, even if he denies it, I know why he called those plays and ran that team like he did at the end of that season. He knew he was getting fired. He gave one last gift to the Bears. And I love him forever. I love you, lovey. I really do, because that made my day that day after a abysmal season. It's terrible play from my team. Lovey, you pulled through for me one more time, and I really hope you get a job this upcoming year because you do deserve it. You are a good head coach. You just didn't have the team. They gave you a pile of rubbish to put on a field, and you did your best. But, man, Lovey Smith, you're a real one. Take Matt Eberflus's job. <laughs> get rid of him. I want to see Lovey back as the true bear fan that he is. All right, guys, the, uh, the final team that we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, Christian, I'm going to start with you. Tell me about their season. This is a tale of two teams. Um, this is the Lamar Jackson led Baltimore Ravens and the Tyler Huntley led Baltimore Ravens. By the way, Tyler Huntley, Congratulations on making a Pro Bowl for as much as that's worth. It's not worth much because you were not a Pro Bowl-deserving quarterback. Sorry, dude, but you aren't. Um, threw for Lamar two Jackson. Touchdowns. What is this? Pardon? You threw for two touchdowns. What is this? He's a, he's a Pro Bowler. Uh, yeah, I know. Um that was my reaction to finding out that information. Um, but Lamar Jackson, this is a tale of two teams, and this is a tale of pay that man his money. He got hurt the past couple of years. Yes, that's true. Um, and he couldn't play in the playoff game. He didn't travel with the team because he was sick to Cincinnati. Um the the Ravens won games, played Lamar played well, showed that he was the most valuable asset uh on that team this season. And they need to put weapons around him. They need to give him a receiver. They need to uh keep 
that defense together, Roquan Smith being added from the Bears was incredible. That made them a stalwart defensive team, and they couldn't pull the offense together because Lamar was hurt. PCL probable he they they called it a sprain, uh, but it looks like it is a. Uh, it could be up to a partial tear in his knee. I'm glad that he didn't play those last few games. I'm glad that we actually found out a little bit about it. It's unfortunate. The the media coverage of that has been terrible. The man is injured. Leave him alone. He deserves his money. Leave him alone. He's earned it. He is not only good on the field, he's great off the field. Um, is is like the face of Baltimore when it comes to uh, like a cultural sense for football. He is the guy, uh, and pay him and get get him pieces. Do things to make that team better. Don't expect him to win with less every year. Um, he got hurt. Let him be like, that's my biggest thing is like, I I think the narrative around him is that, you know, he's always had some sort of bad rap the entire time. Like they, they pointed out that he did badly on the Wonderlick in his draft year. And that was the last year they released or did the Wonderlick test. Uh, He wouldn't run his 40. And then there's been this thing year after year, he throws for five touchdowns in against Miami in his like first start of a, a new season, like his, uh, after his rookie year, his second year, he throws five touchdowns, becomes the unanimous MVP that season, and his the only thing he can say about it is not bad for running back. Like, this guy's earned it. Just let him get his new contract. He's earned it. So I know that the Ravens had a disappointing end to their season. I know that they had some troubles and things like that. I just want to see what the full potential of that team is if he is healthy and if they do get him a weapon or two to actually use aside from running backs. Like I would like to see him have somebody better than Hollywood Brown is his best receiver he's ever played with. Kyle, the Ravens. Mm, I don't even know. Like, I, a lot of the things I said about Pittsburgh and say about the Ravens, one, again, they played a very similar schedule. They didn't really beat anybody. Um, and, you know, there were severe problems with when they didn't have Lamar Jackson in as their quarterback. <clears throat> he went 8-4 and four this year when he, when he started in the 12 games he started. So, like, he's obviously very talented. And they should probably keep him on and pay him. I do think uh, I like John Harbaugh, but I think maybe Greg Roman isn't the answer at, at offensive coordinator. They had the third best uh, in terms of points allowed um, defense in the league. They they had some. They did show some strength, but like again, the offenses they were playing. <clears throat> um, stop me if you've heard this one before. Aside from a win over the Bengals in the early parts of the season, before the Bengals really got going, wins over the uh, the Jets, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Browns, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Broncos, Steelers, Falcons, they also went four and zero against the NFC South. Like without Lamar Jackson, this team is real, real bad. And I think hopefully they recognize that so that they make sure that Lamar Jackson sticks around and they continue to try to build this team around him. 
because oh, Mr. Stephen Core is great. And, but positives to take away from the defense: Justin Tucker is still a very good kicker, um, very very good kicker. Didn't get. Would like to see some guys get some more pressure on the the quarterbacks and get some more sacks, like. The sacks leader, uh, there was a tie between a couple of guys, including Calais Campbell, who's 36, five and a half. Oh, no, sorry, Justin Houston did have more than that. Um, so there's there's some positives to take away, but, like, the big thing is, like, without Lamar Jackson, this team might be real, real bad. So, uh, Sorry, just a, a quick note to add is Greg Roman has resigned as the offensive coordinator at the Baltimore Ravens. Praise be. Um, <laughs> again, kudos to Greg Roman for at least trying to build the offense around Lamar Jackson's strengths. I do think that is the way you need to go about this. But, like, the idea that, oh, we don't want Lamar Jackson already, but somebody else will get it. Like, you know, yeah. there's a thing about these, there's a, there's a potential in the offseason for a lot of quarterback volatility. Please don't let these guys go to the Jets. Don't let the Jets get Lamar Jackson. We just don't want to live in that world. All right, guys. Uh, I I think I said off the top we were going to cover the playoffs, but we have gone almost four hours. Please cut this into two pieces. I'm going to (laughs) try. I'm certainly going to try. Um Thank you guys so much for uh, for joining me to do this like entire season review of the 2022-23 NFL season. Kyle, uh, I, I could I could feel your stress through <laughs> the Skype call uh, about how long this has gone. Um, thank you, thank you for doing this. And Christian, you are NFL correspondent, and I'm so happy that we got you on before the end of the season to to end the season. Um, so thank you for joining me and, uh, joining us on the sports report. If you want to find any of our podcasts, you can find them at, at WNWallop on Twitter, WNWallop on Instagram. And if you want to find us on Facebook, just type in Wednesday night wallop. Uh, all of our podcasts are shared on the, uh, page and you just look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. And you'll find us there. Kyle, where can they find you on Twitter? At the Legendary KJ. L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Christian, where can they find you on social media if they want to? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, and that's it, guys, because I am terrible at social media. At um, It's my name with an underscore in between. Uh, so it's K-R-I-S-T-J-A-N underscore J-O-S-E-P-H on instagram you can at me if you want to find out about playoffs and stuff i will talk playoffs with fans i promise i will but we do not have time today because again we've been going almost four hours i think we're gonna we're gonna try and squeeze a playoff show in before the super bowl knowing we have some time but with all that being said once again kyle christian thank you so much for joining me this morning and have a good afternoon good evening and good night You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. 
Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.